Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 283 of Film Bastards. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... That was smooth like Jack Daniels, Mark. Ian Loring, <laughs> hi. Uh, I am also joined by... Noel Miller, hello. Hello, Noel. Hello, Ian. Uh, Becky is not with us at the moment. Uh, she is going to join us for some of what we've been watching, I think, because um, for a few reasons. One, she's been not very well, so she hasn't been able to see any of the films, and she's kind of not got a voice at the moment, but she does want to make a bit of an appearance uh, to talk about what we've been watching bits there. Um, I've only seen one of the movies. Um, both Ian and Noel have seen all three of these. Oh, fucking hell, oh, yeah. How okay. the hell did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> How have I seen all the films and you've not seen any of the films? You've only seen one of the films? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun one. I am literally going to sit back and listen uh, and kind of adjudicate and pose little questions. Uh, guys, we, are, we, are into the ba- we are into the Bastards-verse. That's, that's what this is. That is, yeah. that is, parallel, that is exactly it. A parallel universe where I've seen more films than Mark this week. <laughs> um, but, of course, as we are all spoilers all the time, I really don't care that much about spoilers for Bumblebee or Aquaman, so these guys are going to get spoilerific and I'm going to listen and laugh. Uh, we're also going to chat uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, we've got a question. We'll have some trailer chat. Uh, I've no doubt we'll have some tangents and we'll have the usual bits and bats that go on. Um, Ian, what are you drinking tonight? Um, stuff that you two won't approve of. But oh, it was I, I literally, I'm sorry, I finished work, I was just like, so I finished work at seven, my train was at quarter past seven, so, and I had to go to the Sainsbury's just kind of on the way to the train station, so literally I just ran in, and was like, right, punk is the first thing I see, fuck it, just grab it, so I apologise profusely, I am drinking punk, my sobriety is over, I lasted 19 days, and now, you know, we're nearly at Christmas. So fuck it. At the, at, fair I said to a woman in um, in Sainsbury's the other day when she was clearly she was looking at all the craft ale um, there, and she was frantically trying to ring somebody, and it kept going. I was cause I was stood near her, and she kept looking at the phone and going shit, and ringing and ringing, and I was like, I said, "Are you okay?" It just went. My boyfriend's asked me to get him some um, some of this this beer, uh, and I, he hasn't told him what to get, and I don't know what to get, um, so I'm just going to get this. And she picked up Punk, and I went, no, I don't buy that shit. <laughs> Got to buy something else. Oh, you know that was what he wanted as well. <laughs> Thing is, uh, in my brain I thought, I bet that's exactly what he wanted. And that's why. Why is it shit? And I said, just a bunch of fucking fake punks just pretending that they're punks and they're not. They're just corporate knobheads. <laughs> she's like, so now she's going to go, I've got you this. And he's going to go, oh, I want you punk. And she's going to either say, oh, well, some, some random bearded knobhead is going to me it's shite. Or she's going to go, no, you don't want to drink that corporate shite. <laughs> well, look, every day that Ian isn't drinking Budweiser, I, I still class that as a win. So let's... Let's yep. take let's take it take that positive and and we'll go with that. What, what do you want? <laughs> uh, what, what, what are you drinking now? 
Um, well, I've, I'm a bit ill, so uh, I've used that as an excuse to buy a large bottle of whiskey. Um, so I'm drinking uh, Ardmore single malt scotch uh, in hot toddies at the moment with hot water and lemon and honey. Uh, so that'll do me while we're podcasting, and then I'll probably just have some whiskey on ice after the show. Nice. Nice. Uh, I am, because I'm a, a hipster douchebag, I'm on the Sam Adams, so... Nah. <laughs> I have a couple of Sam Adams and I have a couple of Brooklyns next to me. <laughs> I like I like the Brooklyn East IPA. It's very nice, yeah. I'm all about that's that. That's the thing with that's the thing with Brooklyn. I think that I can take or leave their main beer, but very often all their other beers are great. Like I mean, I, their, their main beer is fine. It's it's okay, but. All their other stuff, like the sort of summer IPA and the summer IPA is lovely, yeah, yeah. The other random IPAs and other beers that they do are always pretty decent. So yeah, cool. cool. Um, has anything happened uh, this week that we we should talk about? Yeah, I just want to say I hate yeah. all winter fragrances. You do hate a winter fragrance, don't you? Yeah. Uh, the the man the 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 shop the sales assistant in Debenhams, I don't think was very happy with me this morning. <laughs> Like, he fucking asked if he could help. The testers were there. I could have minded my own. And I said to him, I'm looking for a wintry scent. Just when I was looking at one of the fucking Mediterranean Aqua Diamalfi ones. And he was like, well, that's more of a summer scent. I was like, yeah, I know, mate. Can you just show me some winter ones. I was just having a look at this. Steady on. Um, and like... Yeah, and then did you, give him a, did, you give, did you give him a funny look after that as well? Yeah, I did. <laughs> It was just like, don't you fucking t- condescend to me, mate. Right, what we're going to do now, I'm going to make you walk me through no less than eight separate fragrances, <laughs> each of which I'm going to hate more than the last. I'm going to ask you how each, how much each one of them costs, and I'm not going to buy a single fucking one of them. And I just said, I think I'm going to think on it a bit, and walked <laughs> off. Uh, I've got a quite So I'm not really a fragrance man. Like, I tend to just get what I'm given at Christmas and I, I can live with that because it smells better than what I smell like if I don't. <laughs> so, sure. um, so like in a situation like that, does, does he, do they put them all on you? No, they put it on te- Right. The thing is I prefer it. Like most of the time I have my AirPods in, they just leave me alone and I literally, mm. I'll like spray it on my wrist. And then if I like it, I'll have a couple of dabs on my face and like, I'll just be cheeky like that. What they do, they get these, like, te- te- tester strips. Oh, the cardboard you, things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you just kind of smell it on those. But, like, these ones, right, I've got to say, I put this out on Twitter earlier on, I fucking love Tom Ford. Everybody who listens to this show knows how much I love Tom Ford. That man, gold. Ombre leather smells like a fucking dis- display stock sofa in a furniture store. It's fucking <laughs> horrible. It is fucking horrible. To so be now, fair, it sounds like an 80s fragrance, that, a lot. Yeah. Ombre leather. Go, yeah. Go Lewis yeah. And have a sniff of this and see what it's like. Like, mm. ser- it's fucking horrible, Mark. You, you, seriously, get back to me. Right? No. Uh, fucking, what were the other ones that really offended what? my fucking nostrils? <laughs> um, oh, shit. Uh, Aqua de Palma, Essentia. 
I want to say, which is in GQ's like fragrances of the season. Fuck off. No, <laughs> no, no. So I'm just, I'm Noir Extreme. It's my fucking all year. I smell amazing. Brilliantness. The Amalfi inspired scents over the summer. Fucking awesome. Like you can never go wrong with a bit of Ord Wood. I'll say that Ord Wood is lovely. That is fine. Apart, but I just can't get into it. Dior Sauvage is great. It puts me off that Johnny Depp is the face of it, but it's great. Yeah, that would put me off. Yeah. Uh, Blue de Chanel is actually quite nice. A favourite, which I'm thinking of getting if I get any Christmas money, Hermes um, uh, Trade tre de Hermes Intense. That's all right. So's Boss Boss Bottled in set Intense, actually. <coughs> Not bad as well. Cool. Um, That's my fragrance roundup. I'll have another one next month. Nice. Brilliant. Uh, looking forward to that. I, 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 <laughs> I had two mental um, incidents at work um, this week of just one of me saying something fucking dumb and another one of a customer saying something to me that made me go, uh, 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 and then literally had to say it where I don't know how to react to that. Uh, one was I have a, I had a customer who was asking me about jeans and I was asking him, oh, what? bear in mind, this customer does come in quite a bit to my store. And he said, I said, he said well, what, what waist is it you need? And he said, oh, 36, but I can maybe squeeze into a 34. And I was like, all right, cool. What leg length is it? Yeah, that means he's a 36. Yeah, well, and I asked him, what leg length is it? And I turned around and looked at him and went, ah, doesn't matter what leg length is it, does it? Because you're in a wheelchair and you've had both legs amputated below the knee. So it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, you and said it, that. It, yeah, I actually said that. Oh, and he, he looked at me and just went, at which point should you have stopped talking? It was like a while back, a real while back, but I just kept talking in the hope that you would say something. Um, what did he say to that? It's, well, he comes in quite a bit. So, okay, all right, yeah. So at least you've so got a bit of a thing. I've got I a bit of rapport with him. And he just went, oh, bad. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And so I just gave him the, the jeans. And then his missus walked by me about Jesus two minutes later Christ. and just looked at me and just gave me this kind of like cocked her head to the side and just shook her head and went. I was like, what? And then he bought the jeans and he's like, what discount do I get for you, bit of prat? I'm going to give you 25% off. I have two, I have two questions. Fucking hell. I have two questions. What? The first question is, do Luke sell shorts? And the second question is, are they cheaper? Yes and yes. Well, problem solved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and the other and this is why I don't work in retail. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a table um, at the, the front of our store that has our knitwear folded on it. And it, it's all on offer at the moment, so... It's all nicely folded. I just nicely finished folding it, so it all looked fucking cool. Um, and it was towards the end of the day, so that was it. That's that job done. I literally turned around to walk away, and this group of women between the ages of about 20 and 25, four of them, just started looking through it by literally just picking them up and just pulling them out. And I turned around and just said, oh, excuse me, what size are you looking for? Because I've just folded all that. <laughs> And it'll be easy if you just tell me what size you're looking for. Nice. 
One of them looked at me and went, oh, sorry, are we being naughty? And I was like, a little bit, yeah. And she said, and then, then, wasn't expecting this, she went, do you need to put me over your knee now? Bloody hell. And I just went, I literally do not know how to respond to that. <laughs> I just went, are you embarrassed now? I went, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm somewhere between embarrassed and mildly intrigued. <laughs> um, fucking thought, hell, Mark. God, you, you you fucking fly close to the sun, don't you? You bought three fucking jumpers off me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. Whatever it takes. Whatever That's it takes. the way. But she bought. One for a dad. It's Christmas, Ian. He's got margins to meet. Yeah, no, 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 quite right. Targets. Two for a dad, one for a, a brother, and I even went, ah, so you don't need one for the boyfriend then. God damn it. <laughs> like, like, I had another boyfriend. I was like, ah, cool. Fuck you. It's called Tracy, by the way. Of course she is. It's a classy name. Classic name, yes. Anything happened in the movie world that we should talk about? Right, fucking Will Smith, why does he look like a panto genie? He really does look like a fucking panto genie. He really does. Like, what the fuck? It's, uh, I've I've had time to think about this, so I'll I'll add another point to this, but Mm. what I said to you before still stands, it looks like he's wearing a Ruby's costume version of mystical genie yeah. it looks like the illustration on the front of a ruby's mystical genie costume is terrible it's yeah it, it, the, the thing is it, it's the weird facial hair he's got he's it, he's clearly kept his own goatee that he's been rocking for like what 30 years now um but then just stuck that other bit on and it it, it looks it just looks odd. It just, the whole thing looks, and me and uh, myself, no, it, it looks like a Sky One Christmas special. No, yeah, it's really like a Sky One Christmas special. A Sky One Easter special. Yeah. 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 I, the point, the yeah. point I was going to ask, though, is, I mean, first and foremost, my immediate reaction, it seems like everybody else's immediate reaction was, oh, this isn't CG, how are you going to convey the craziness and the, uh, you know, what we liked about Robin Williams's performance in animation? He should be blue. He should be blue. He should be there blue. Is that. There Just is that. Just throwing it out there. Sorry. And my immediate reaction to that is to agree and sort of say, in addition to that, I don't think Will Smith 2018 version or 2019 version, I don't think that version of Will Smith is going to be able to carry that level of performance. I think Will Smith, um, 1989 version, or maybe at a push 1995 version, would be able to handle that. But uh, I don't. I don't know if he's still got that in him. That said, this is just a picture, and I'm prepared to give him a fair old shit. Like I'm prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he pulls off. It's just. Uh, I, I don't know, like, uh, and th- this is going to sound terrible as well, but with two unknown leads, this film needed something else to really lift it and give it... It needed Will Smith. It, 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 yeah. It, it, needed, it needed that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Will Smith, in a, Will Smith voice performance, really going for it 
and them using that to their advantage. I mean, we don't know. Maybe there is animation in there. Maybe there is CG in there, and that's just what he looks like when he's still, uh, you know, when he's standing still. Maybe there is more to it. You kind of think there has to be, really. I fucking hope so. Like, it just, like, I don't get how that was like, okay, this is the first image of the genie, how Disney okayed that. It, it does feel a little bit like for the first time, you know, Disney have been riding a, a strong wave with the whole, uh, with all the Avengers stuff and the Star Wars things and everything like that. But then you, you had the debacle that was Solo, and I actually liked Solo, but the way they handled everything there, and then the Disney Plus thing coming up, um, and these this rush to get out all of these live animation, uh, live, uh, not live animation, these live action versions of, of, of existing materials. It, it just seems a little bit like, is this the time where the creative sort of um, push that they had, where everything was working post, you could say, High School Musical 2 onwards. Um, it, it is... It, it's kind of starting to seem a little bit like they're. It's too much now. This is the other thing. They've got. They've reached this point now where there is starting to be a little bit of cynicism about these, you know, live action in inverted commas uh, remakes in inverted commas of uh, of different things. The last thing they put out was the Lion King trailer, and people's reaction to that was, oh, okay, so it's literally a translation of that. They failed to wow people with the Lion King. I think. You know, this cynicism that's attached to, oh, Disney, you know, I think mainstream audiences are now starting to go, oh, Disney are just remaking everything. So once mainstream audiences wise up to that and see, you know, it's going to be a big year of these things next year, they they needed to sort of go, well, yeah, that's what we are doing, but look at this and, and, and look why we're doing this. We're doing this to sort of give you a whole new take and show you a whole new thing and, um, show you a whole new uh, don't say world, a whole new. Uh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> a whole new. You know, we've got the technology to do this now. You know, do you remember everything that was amazing about Robin Williams's performance? Well, now we've got the technology to do that in real, you know, in real life, and use uh, Will Smith to deliver that. And they just sort of, like Ian says, the first thing they've put out is just something that's, uh, you know, and makes people sort of even more cynical about it so they messed up it really feels like they messed the, up the thing is he chose this over a film that I want to say was gonna, was called The Midnight Man which was about Will Smith as like a professional killer being tracked down by a younger clone version of himself and it's like I want to see that. Yeah, I do. Like, let me let me just look that. I want I fucking swear it's called Midnight Man. Isn't that the exact plot to Looper? What the fuck was it? All right, it's not the Midnight Man. What the fuck was it called? Will Smith clone movie. And you're right, it, it is Looper, but I want to see Looper with Will Smith. Sorry, I just realised that I walked away. Gemini Man! 
Gemini Man. Which one? What's it called? Gemini Man. Gemini Man, that's Oh, it. hang on. No, that's coming out as well. Oh, shit. Is that a poster? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Ang Lee's directing it. Oh, shit. Gemini Man. An elite assassin becomes the target of a mysterious young operative who can seemingly predict his every move. Oh, well, that's a bit of a spoiler that I've just done then, isn't it? Yeah. Ang Lee. Clive Owen, Meredith Winstead, Benedict Wong. Oh, he's doing both. Ah, well, fuck it then. All right, fine. Shut the fuck up, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just realised I walked away from my laptop. Did I go really quiet there? Yeah, yeah, it kind of sounded like you were just um, putting the the chopped up remains of the last prostitute (laughs) you murdered into um, into your fucking chest freezer. I went to make a drink and then realised that while I was doing it, I uh, I was my microphone's on my laptop and not on my headphones. So sorry about that. All right. <laughs> no problem. Um, should we get into trailers, guys? Sure. Yeah. What trailers have we been watching, then, chaps? Well, I we've literally I think we've all just watched in the last hour or so the the trailer for Hellboy starring Big Mo from EastEnders. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, I don't know who that is. The, the woman in the shop who you later like see firing the gun. The one who says, Oi, I need some ID, love. Yeah, that one. Ah, right. Who, who is um, Gary Oldman's old- sister? Yeah. 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 Yes. Cool. Um, I didn't realise this was so fucking British set. And I also neither didn't did realise... Sorry? Sorry, go on. I was just saying, neither did I. No. Nope. And I also, I-, I also didn't realise that... It looks like it's got five percent of the budget of the last Hellboy film. Yeah, it yeah. It, it looks it looks like they've used exactly the same costume for David Harbour, but it doesn't quite fit that well. But it's fine. I'm I'm. I, I really, really like Neil Marshall, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing another Neil Marshall film because it's been yep. way too long. Agreed. It was his this last film, Centurion. Centurion, yeah. Fucking hell, that's that must be uh-huh. ten years nearly. It, it was the early tens. Um, because he, he he did some of the big Game of Thrones episodes, and I think he was quite involved in that Black Sails series. Um, but it this looks fucking worrying. Yeah, it looks shit. I think the problem is, is uh, for for me, the first half of it. I'll, I'll be honest. Overall, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'm happy to see it. Like, but I think it's sort of a trailer of two halves. The first half feels like a BBC version of a of what Hellboy looks like. Yeah, yeah. And then the second half looks like a cheaper version of Del Toro's Hellboy. I mean, there's a se- there's a sequence in the middle in particular where I don't know they're in some sort of bunker or something, and they're sort of fighting bad guys in in some sort of bunkery boiler room type thing, mm. and it it looks like a Doctor Who set. It looks really cheap, yeah. And that's not a slight against Doctor Who because you know that it just it looks. Re- in fact, it's not even Doctor. It looks like a Red Dwarf set. It looks like the set from. <laughs> from Starbug or something. I swear to God, bring it up now. About one minute, 
one minute 14 seconds into the trailer. Okay. Or about one minute 10, one minute. It's like, it looks like the set from Starbug in Red Dwarf. It just looks really cheap. And then in the second half of the trailer, there's some effects. There's a helicopter landing on a thing. And there's, you know, there's, there's him fight, there's him fighting a big ogre thing. And it's sort of like, you know, it, you can see a little bit more of the money, but even then it just looks like a sort of cheaper version of what we've seen before. Oh my God. Yeah. The boiler room where it's kind of like, yeah, it's like purple lights. Yes. Yeah. yeah God. Yeah. No. It, looks like, it looks like Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. I've Bang actually on. been rewatching Red Dwarf recently. And actually, it really does look like Red Dwarf. That, yeah. That's, that's damning. You're 100% right. That's really bad. I mean, I'll see it. I don't have. Uh, I didn't realise there was a there was a whole British angle, and I'm I'm literally on the the Wikipedia page now. See, I, I, I I'm not sure if Mike Mignola's original Hellboy has any sort of British roots, so that I don't think it does. Um, it's not like a sort of Constantine thing or anything. It's um, so yeah. I, I don't know. I'll watch it. I'm, I'm up for it, but it. It just be amazing. Ron Perlman was brilliant, and there will not be a funnier moment than him drinking with Abe and Abe saying like, "Oh no, my body's a temple," and Hellboy just handing him a beer and saying, "Yeah, well now it's an amusement park." Like yeah. that is fucking incredible, and just like you know, the whole obsession with "I can't smile without you" uh, in Hellboy too. Um, the thing just, is, like the quirkiness that yeah. looks like it's just gone. Yeah. Also, you've got things like um, weirdly, you've got a, 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 a mad scene in it uh, where you've got one of the Goss brothers saying to Ron Perlman, which is, is mental. You know, you've got that that tree monster that's fucking destroying everything, and in the middle of this ridiculousness, it's actually this really beautiful scene in a movie. Yeah, and, mm. and it's. Del Toro had that thing, and I, I, I'm the same as you, Ian. I, I really, really like Neil Marshall, and and he has been missed as a filmmaker. Um, Doomsday, I think he's a fucking cracking movie. Fuck um, it, we screened um, Dog Soldiers at um, Dead Meat in York uh, at my behest, um, and but it's just it it's completely lacking in that level of of creativity that Del Toro kind of brought to it. And I think when you're looking at it now, as a standard audience, you know um, Hellboy is, is Ron Perlman. Whereas if you take something like, for instance, um, when Matt Ruffalo took over as the Hulk... I mean, you've already had Banner and Ed Norton as as the Hulk in you know two movies that yeah they weren't massively successful but they were fairly successful in terms of the way they worked so people were aware of them but very quickly Mark Ruffalo just became intrinsic linked with, with being the, the Hulk it just it doesn't have that that jump within this it's still you're watching it going yeah you're not Hellboy mate you're just not. I mean, the, the the thing is, I mean, to be fair, if if Neil Marshall's allowed to do his Neil Marshall thing, 
that's probably not something that can be marketed too well in a trailer. You know, mm. so I, you know, I, I, I would like to think if Marshall has actually signed on to this when he hasn't made a film since I swear Centurion was 2010. Um, yeah. you know, 2010, I just checked a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Like it would have been nine years since he last had a film out. You'd like to think it, it's because he really wanted to do it and there's going to be yeah. something to it there, but it, it like, this trailer has not sold it. I think the other thing you've got the other thing you've got to remember though is not only has it been nine years for for Neil Marshall, but it's been ten years since we've had a Hellboy film. God, yeah, of course it has. Yeah. And in those ten years, Hellboy has not troubled any other media whatsoever. So this trailer was I mean, you know, you can see from the see, the scene at the beginning where he's getting out of the back of the uh police car and they shoot at him and he's like, Hey, I'm on your side. That feels like um, that almost feels like a sort of weaker moment from one of the Del Toro films, and I think they're probably they're going to play it safe a little bit, and they want to remind people that oh, do you remember this guy? Well, he's back, and and if for people like us who are film fans and Del Toro fans and fans of the Hellboy films, that's going to be a diff- we're going to be a difficult sell, but. Yeah this market, you know, the Deadpool market, if you like, they just need to be reminded who Hellboy is and that Hellboy's back. So yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm probably slightly more positive on the trailer than you are, but it's not because I'm a Hellboy fan. Hellboy in comics, I could take or leave. It's because I like those films and I don't think this is going to match up to that. But at the same time, kind of curious to see if if it is if it does almost feel like a continuation of those films or it which obviously isn't but if it feels that way or if they are trying to do something new my sense is they're probably not they're just gonna make another hellboy film i i I just if if neil marshall is gonna do his thing with it i just want hellboy at one point to be dancing around to Something like she drives me crazy by the fine young cannibals. I think that's extremely likely. Uh, well, if, if that happens, do you know what? 2019, you've found your film of the year. Uh, what other trailers are we watching, guys? Um, have there been any? Uh, I watched the. Oh, what's it called? Um, the new. Just, uh, trailer Destroyer. The oh, the Karen Kasama. Karen film. Kasama, Nicole yeah. Kidman one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks interesting. I mean, it's obvious that Nicole Kidman's going for a um, a certain type of performance, a certain sort of uh, almost like a monster style performance. Mm. Look at how she's buried beneath no makeup. One of those. Um, looks interesting. It looks a bit like a cross between monster and. Sicario or something like that. Um, it definitely looks interesting. It's I don't know much about Karen Kasama. What she did, girl oh, fighting. She did Jennifer's she body. Did? Oh, Jennifer's body. That's the other one. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Oh, the invitation. Did you did you see the invitation? No, um, kind of indie um, horror film from a couple of years back. That's a really good film, actually. It's a very like, interesting little number, that is. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember whether it might... I think I started it and then didn't go back to it. I think I put it on too late or something like that, because it was on Netflix for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that sounds right. It, it, yeah. It, yeah, interesting little number. Really, really engaging kind of premise. And the ending's not bad as well, I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, yeah, I'm really enjoying that because I always thought that, 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 that my major issue with Jennifer's Body, which I, I do enjoy, is I always thought it was a, a good film spoiled by a shitty director. But actually, I, I really enjoyed the um, invitation, actually. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, this looks good. It's um, it's a it's a performance role for Nicole Kidman. The trailer's peppered with the usual uh, quotes from the usual places, um, but it definitely looks interesting. I'll, I'll give it a go. But it's 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 a it's a Netflix watch, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, 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 sorry guys. I, I'm just going to mute my mic. Sorry, you, you crack on. Sorry. Yeah, I, I started watching the trailer to Downton Abbey and then realised a, a few things. One, I don't give a shit. And two, I have never watched a second of Downton Abbey, so I wouldn't even know what the fuck was going on. I got through 30 seconds of the trailer and went, yeah, this looks like shite, and turned it off. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I saw a image of Downton Abbey pop up on something... Does this mean there's a Downton Abbey film? Is that there's what you're saying? Abbey film, yes. Right. Oh, that's new information. Is this uh, is this just like a feature-length version of the TV show, or have they recast everybody, or what is this? That's a feature-length version of the TV show, I would think. So it's based on the TV show? Yeah, yeah, it's the it, it, same people. It's, it, it's kind of like a return of Downton Abbey. Right, well... It kind of doesn't matter what you think, then, does it? It's gonna fucking slay. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna take all the cash. I mean, it, it, are they all gonna go on holiday or something? Like, what's, no, what's, what's the plot? Set at the Abbey, I think. Sorry, it's set at the Abbey. Yeah. Well, shit. I'm in day one. Have you watched? It should, it should be, it should be Downton Abbey does Las Vegas or something. Yeah, exactly. Da- Downton Abbey on the buses. Yeah. Did you, did you watch Downton Abbey or not? Oh God, no! I'm I'm not nearly I'm not nearly dead. Wait, I've got it! I've got it! I've got it! National Lampoon's Downton Abbey. You said watch that? Yeah. I, I I would I would watch Chevy Chase goes on a tour around Downton Abbey. Yeah. Well, Just like now things. he probably knocks over a couple of vases. He would knock yeah. the vases. You know he does in in the most wonderful physical comedy way that that man has. Yeah. Cousin Eddie turns up in a camper van and, and pitches his pitches it out on the front on the lawns. It's yeah, yeah. It goes fucking tailgating on the fucking front. Yeah, it's got all the makings of a classic. That. I, why aren't we watching that movie right now? Yeah, we should be doing that. Yeah. Um, so that's trailers. Um, fuck it. I'm gonna make you guys do Aquaman first. So what's with the big fork? It's a trident. Now defend yourself. <laughs> This. I'll teach you this move when you've mastered the trident. All right, Aquaman. It's directed by James Wan. Stars yeah. Jason Mimosa, Amber Heard, uh, Patrick Wilson, uh, Dolph Lundgren. And it almost said Rutger Hauer because I get them confused. Understandable. Um, mm, and uh, some other folks. Oh, Willem Dafoe's in it. Oh, Nicole, Nicole Kidman's <laughs> in it. Uh, Tamira Morrison, 
He's uh, Mimosa's dad. Um, so, Aquaman. Um, it, 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 it's a man who goes, yeah, yeah, uh, a lot. Um, and, all right. Um, he gallivants about with a red-headed woman. Um, while Patrick Wilson is his half-brother. And he raises some very good points about why he doesn't like mankind. And Jason Mimosa says, all right, and uh, decides that he doesn't like his half-brother. Um, I think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what do you think of Michael, man? Well, it's funny. I mean, you know, the D- the DC universe being what it is, um, they've kind of set expectations a certain way. And I think my expectations for the DC universe. And I will say I, I, I root for the DC universe. I really genuinely do. I'm, I'm a little bit more Marvel than I am DC, but I do root for the DC universe. I want these, this stuff to be better. So I've, I've been kind of up and down on them. Um, you know, Wonder Woman was, was great. Not as great as I think everybody thinks it is, but it's great. Um, Batman versus Superman, terrible. Suicide Squad, terrible. Uh, Justice League, I had a lot of fun with because I think I just accepted, well, this is the world that we're going to get, and so let's just enjoy these characters in it. And I think the build-up to Aquaman, all I could think about was that this isn't really a world that I care about. I think the universe of Aquaman, as it exists in the comics, this whole Atlantis thing, uh, and this sort of, you know, uh, royalty under the water arguing about who's the king and who's not the king. I've never really given a shit. And I've never really given a shit about Namor in Marvel either, which is essentially the, the Marvel version of, of Aquaman. I've always I've always never really given much of a shit about that world either. Um, Did you really dislike the underwater levels in Sonic and things like that? Yeah, exactly. It just slows everything down, doesn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Go for air and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one Christmas you got a copy of Echo the Dolphin and you went fuck off fuck you and and the, the, you know even the one thing that I will say is there is always Super Mario World but with Super Mario World if you play the underwater levels and you hold down the uh, left hand button you can go quickly so that's not a problem so Super Mario World got it right um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I think probably going into this film I was expectations lowered and if i can just have a good time i'll be fine with it i think on the day of the actual film as well i was a little bit like oh fucking hell i've got to go out to the cinema to and i've been loving going to the cinema recently as well um so i'm 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 happy to say that that when i did see the film i i can i can confidently say that jason momoa really enjoyed it uh and that's about that's about the best I can say about it. Jason Momoa had a really great time with this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Momoa had the time of his life doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just got to go, yeah, yeah, a lot. Mm. Um, kick the shit out of people mm. and then drink some mimosas in the evening. So, yeah. y- you know, I, yeah, it's... What feels like five hours, 35 minutes mm-hmm. in a around two and a half hour package, which 
I would have liked more if it was just fucking shorter. Mm. Um, it's so long for what it is. It's aggressively long for what it is. Um, I mean, like the origin story stuff at the start is, you know, it's quite, it's almost like kind of like told like a fucking fairy tale or something, which I quite liked. Um, you know, you got Nicole Kidman kicking some ass and that's quite engaging. Um, but then it's this sub Indiana Jones romancing the stone quest to find the thing to prove that you're the ultimate power, even though Patrick Wilson's character kind of like through most of the film does raise some pretty fucking good points. Mm. And, you know, it does bait Mimosa into the ring of fire, but Mimosa's too stupid. And then if it, it, which is weirdly like Black Panther, except in Black Panther, like they do acknowledge that, like the 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 bad guy won, whereas in this it's kind of like, well, what actually happened? Did it get postponed or something? Then they go to the Sahara. The Sahara section is completely worthless. Like that is literally a fifteen twenty minute section of the film that was go to this place so they can yeah. have some conversations and then get told where to go next. That's literally what happens in that section. But then at least the where they go next, there's a pretty decent action scene with them like running along the rooftops and all that mm. kind of stuff. I quite, I quite enjoyed that, you know. Uh, it's just, it's a film that has moments of things that I found perfectly enjoyable interspersed with a bunch of stuff I didn't really give a fuck about. But then there were almost also armoured seahorses. And I'm there for armoured seahorses. I'm there for the fucking surreal kaleidoscopic visuals. I'm there for what James Wan brought to it. I'm not there for what the story insists has to be brought to it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you there for moments where people are doing things and then an explosion goes off near their head? Which happens... I think three or f- three or four times. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm Aquaman. I'm about to kiss someone. Bang! By the side of my head. Yeah. And this, I'm having a gentle conversation. I'm bang! By the side. It's the weirdest fucking thing. No, I and mean, I think the bad, the bad guys I'd like to, to introduce themselves bangs. Yeah, so. I'd like to start introducing that idea to other films, though. So, um, I don't know, like, maybe... Lars von Trier's next film or something. He could just have a couple of people having a very deep conversation, then bang, an explosion just right near their heads, just just rips through everything. It's uh, That'd be it's fucking cool. weird. I, I think the 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 big thing about it for me is it, I don't I'm not that interested in this world. So what needs to happen is I need some good set pieces or I need some good action sequences. Um, and you would think that James Wan would be able to deliver some good action sequences. I don't think any of the action sequences really worked. That um, The Ring of Fire sequence that you mentioned, that is a lot of, you know, that's a lot of building towards a moment where it is revealed that they are in a massive, spoilers, they are in a massive theatre, a massive sort of, what would you call it? Um, 
you know, a massive amphitheater. amphitheater sort of thing under the sea. Now, that's fine, but it's so fucking massive, and the action that's that's taking place is just um, Jason Momoa and um, King Arm, what's his name, uh, Patrick Wilson. It's just them two having a fight on top of one of many statues in this auditorium, which is probably about a hundred miles wide. Now, there's no, you know, there's no uh, jumbotron in there. How is anybody in the audience seeing anything that's happening? They've got great vision, bud. Is it? Is, is this a? Is this an aqua person thing? I reckon. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's it, it, it's in the round, man. I mean, in the end of the day, like. Fucking when it's a um, pretty fucking big round that man. You know, it's when, a like, pretty fucking big round. You know, like when Mumford and Sons put that shit on, people have to pay like two hundred quid because the bloody tech involved. You know, so but these guys are just like fuck the tech. People. We'll just make it hundred miles wide. Yeah, but in fairness, I'd pay two hundred pounds to not be able to see Mumford and Sons, so that's slightly different. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ian, Ian, Mumford and Sons fans are called Tories. They're not people. <laughs> But it's uh, you know the yeah. action se- the action sequences don't work the, um, the 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 world I don't particularly care about the charisma of the lead is more well thought of by the lead than I think. <laughs> well, that, right, that's right, a, that's right. a comment. That's a fair comment. He's he's, he's kind of into himself, and that's fine. Could but I, I wasn't it, going no. along with it. Like, it's, can I pause you for a second? Yeah. I have a question to ask here on this. Obviously, I haven't seen the film or anything like that. But I am a, I, I'm a fan of, of, of Momoa's charisma and his whole thing and his whole shtick and everything like that. And I that thought was I was, was too. Bit, that was what was carrying me through to the movie. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I've started to fucking tire of it a little bit. Well, you will probably feel exactly the same way as I do about this thing, because that is exactly what I thought. Because I, I'm I, a little bit like, right, do you know what? I bet Jason Momoa is a really good beer. He's a good yeah. guy to go for a beer with, yeah. and that's yeah. fine. But I'm getting a little bit of, of like, right, but Aquaman looks literally like he is Jason Momoa, but with CGI gills. The problem is, is they 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 lean it. You know, I get it. You know, the, the Jason Momoa that we've seen in Justice League brought a little bit of, you know, hey, dress like a bat, I dig it, all that sort of thing, and that's fine. And in in moments like that, you can get along with it. And I guess there's probably Aquaman fans out there that don't like that. I was prepared to go along with it and go, all right, I know that's not what Aquaman necessarily is, but let's go with it because it's kind of an interesting thing. And it's Jason Momoa and he seems to have this. That doesn't translate to, to a, a what, a two hour, whatever it is, um, a two hour 23, a two hour 23 minute film. Um, I don't think he's got enough else going on. Also, what they seem to lean into it a little bit too much. So there's a lot of, uh, especially in the first the first act moments where he's sort of you know he'll he'll do that very typical thing of like he'll get punched in the face and he'll take it and then turn back towards the camera and then you just hear a sort of guitar go and he'll say like i don't know something hilarious and then punch someone and it's like oh fucking hell like those early moments i was rolling my eyes and then 
I had to sort of check myself and just go, no, it's fine, go along with it. And then it, I found myself rolling my eyes more and more as we went along. And then by the time we got to the third act, I'd gone beyond rolling my eyes. I was just sat there going, I do not know what is happening. I There is a load, there's, there's some fucking sharks with lasers over here. There's some fucking seahorses with lasers over here. There's just fucking CG everywhere. Yeah, you have yeah. massively overcomplicated this story with exposition at every given point about the lineage of these people. You've had Nicole Kidman giving exposition to a fucking baby in a baby voice. It's why did this need to be so overcomplicated? And who the fuck is fighting who at this point? I, I really didn't understand what was happening in the third act. That's the thing. I don't see. I, I I didn't I didn't hate the film. I I had I had a I I think I liked it more than you, Noel, just because I just got more entertainment out of the action sequences, if anything. Mm. But like, it, I don't see how this how this film they see as being like right. This is a film which is going to be able to set us on for sequels. course correct. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 course correct. Yeah, because I mean, like, I'll be honest. I mean, like, I rewatched Justice League last week. And that film is fine. It's not the Avengers, but it's fine. It's entertaining. That's it. Yeah. It's, I, I you know. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, I like if if you said to me you got to watch Justice League or Aquaman again, I'd go for Justice League. I would. And mm-hmm. like maybe that I don't know. Maybe that's damning with faint faint praise or something. I don't know. But it just it's this film is what you think it is, except with way more exposition than you think it's going to have. And that does make it worse. But that's not what, you know, I mean, that's not what, if you take James one on one hand, you take James one and you take, uh, Jason Momoa and you, uh, take what we've experienced of Jason Momoa's character in justice league why bog all that, you know, give us some great action set pieces. Why bog it down in all that other stuff? It's very, it's, it's it, when you actually look at the plot, it's very, very simple. Yeah. It's this, you know, it's, it's Black Panther again. This guy wants to be king and actually you're the rightful king and you should go back there and, and, and it's, or it's the Lion King. You know, it's, it's, we've seen this a million times before. It's not that complicated, but they really fucking over... I mean, all that shit with the thing that they've got to take out to the Sahara Desert and drop some water on it to what? I can't even remember what it was that they told them. Did it give them a map to something or? It was the location of where the thing was that would tell them where the next thing was, which would then tell them where the trident was hidden. Like, what the fuck? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is so unnecessary all of that like there's a simpler way to deal with it you know chop you could you could have chopped at least half an hour out of this film I don't know whether it would have made it a better film because the action sequences didn't work for me but it's just you chop out Sahara you go straight yeah. to Italy yeah. and that's 15-20 minutes gone and mm. all you have missed is one exposition step yeah like that. That's uh, oh, and um, Amber Heard complaining about Earth and Mimosa going. Well, you know, it's all uh, it, you know, Earth's all right. Actually, yeah. one thing as well that I said on Twitter that really bugged me for the rest of the film as well. There is a bit earlier on in the film where they escape in the mouth of a uh, whale. 
Yeah. And Amber Heard's like, where'd you get that idea from? And he's like, Pinocchio. Mm. And then later on in the film... Oh, God, no, yeah. yeah. And there's this montage sequence where Amber Heard is learning about the miracles of the of like the like dry land. Mm. And a girl hands her... Just runs over and gives her a book. Yeah. It runs yeah. over and just randomly gives her a book. And mm. it's Pinocchio. Yeah. And all I thought was... A DC trying to set up a prequel about how that girl worked out that she needed the Pinocchio book. Jesus. Like, it, it's... And all that is, is just payoff for a joke where it's just like, oh, I see where you got that idea from now. And he's like, mm. it's a book? You know, and it, it's just, it's fucking painful. It. I, w- I would also say as well, that particular scene, I'm glad you mentioned it, because that particular scene... I like James Wan, but the there are moments in Fast and Furious uh, films in particular um, where, you know, the moments between the races and the action scenes where the music kicks in and yeah. it's Dominic talking talking about family and he's, you know, he's, he's maybe he's watching, I forget the actress's name, he's watching his wife in the distance while she's talking to somebody else and he's just sort of looking on and thinking, man, she's just fucking great. Like the, the, those sequences in those films are awful. And this, that sequence in Italy really reminded me of those bad sequences in Fast and Furious I mean, films. It's, it's, it's very, it's almost, it's not soft focus, but it's almost soft focus. Like if you know what I mean, like it's, he does it in Conjuring 2 as well. Um, mm. Like, there's the bit where Patrick Wilson sings... Um, can't help I, I can't help falling in love with you. Mm. And it's like, he literally sings that entire fucking song. Yeah. And it's just like... I, but I actually that's a good scene in Conjuring 2. It, it, it is, because it's a moment of respite. But it's, it's also... And, and it has the, the montage of setting up what's going to be happening. It, it's a break point scene. It is. It's also a near two and a half hour film that probably could be a bit shorter. That is, yeah, and I will, I will thoroughly agree on that. It, 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 and I haven't seen the film, but the but, but Wham, he, he has a habit of going a little bit too long sometimes. Yeah, I mean, a bit. I mean, that's, but that, that's the thing. It's like that just seems to be a bit of a Wanism, which, considering this is the guy behind yeah. Saw, the Insidious films, and the Conjuring films, it's really weird. It sort of suggests to me that he's not as adept at handling tone and shifts in tone as well as he could be and it, it, it stands out here like it just it feels sort of weirdly uh, weirdly placed it, and, it, yeah yeah and i mean it's very setty as well that scene yes um, like yeah. the, like the production design's not great and it, it's yeah it's weird because it is a film that lo- looks like it costs a lot of money because the amount of cg oh, God, does yeah. also look yeah. very cheap in parts Yes, um, 100%. It, yeah, it, it looks yeah. from the trailers, guys. Um, and obviously, I'm saying I'm not seen the film. It kind of looks like. Well, movie. you've seen the trailer, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of yeah. looks like that movie that CG was all done and rendered 15 years ago, and they went, that's fine. I mean, the, 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 they got the floaty hair stuff done quite well. Yeah, but even that's kind of distracting because I'm. It is distracting, but it's really distracting, especially particularly with Dolph Lundgren for some reason because his hair is 
sort of red but has grey roots and you're sort of looking at that and I, I don't think I heard a word that Dolph Lundgren was saying because I was watching his hair mm-hmm. and trying to figure out if it was his own hair and at the same time sort of going oh good on him he's still got a good head of hair um, there's a lot there's a lot going on and, and the thing that it doesn't I mean you would think that you would think that uh, someone like me would know either going into this or during this where this film takes place. I don't know if this is before Justice League or after Justice League. And I, and I wonder if that is intentional because I think they don't know where this universe is going. Oh, um, so they just, is there any reference? Yes. Whatsoever? To be, to be is fair, there? it's, it's pretty oblique, but there's a conversation. Like, I think it's like the first time Amber Heard has the conversation with, um, with Mimosa where um, she says you defeated Steppenwolf, you have the, you know, oh, you, you have yeah. the power to unite us, blah, blah, blah. So it is it is after Justice League. Oh, I, thought she, I, thought she, I thought she was talking about the band Steppenwolf. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm glad I cleared that up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it, there's too much exposition. It relies too much on the charisma of a lead, which I think doesn't sustain a film as long as this. There's too many silly moments. I didn't understand what was happening in most of the action sequences. Go on then, what are your, what are your guys' full reactions to this? Where are you, where, where are you um, sitting on our scale? Bit, sorry, it just cut off slightly there. Um, uh, Noel was saying about needing right. a piss. And I, 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 I guess you were just saying you didn't really care that you needed a piss. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, I, I was... The, I, I, was the, I got it all. Sorry? I got it all at my end. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, I also needed a piss during the Julie Andrews scene. What? Julie Andrews scene? Oh, yeah, she was the voice of the thing that he had to fucking defeat to get the tribe. Oh, shit, of course she was, I yeah. I yeah. like you were about to say they're the thing he had to fuck. <laughs> nah, mate, we'll be talking about that next week. <laughs> um, Different poppins. Oh. 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 Anyway, yeah, it's really, really forgettable. Yeah. Really forgettable. And I just don't see how this... This will be no one's favourite superhero film, apart (laughs) from people, apart from women who are just... Or men as well, who want some mimosa. That's fine. Um, So where, where are you guys sitting on it then? Uh, I'm going to say definitely shit. I think it's a bad film. Where are you, Ian? Um, the thing is, I can't disagree with Noel, but I will, even though I don't know why. <laughs> I enjoyed my time with it fine. Like, I, it's not shit for me, but I 100% see where Noel was coming from. Yeah, like, it's it's, it, it's not one I'd argue. It's not one I'd argue. You're, you're, you're very much in the touching glass bracket, then. I, I, I'm, I'm a mild, I'm a mild, definitely not shit. Oh, fair enough, cool. Well, I, well, interestingly, our audience poll. This is a, this is a, this is an interesting one. Definitely not shit. Sixty-seven percent. Mm. Touching cloth. Zero percent. Wow. Shit. Eight percent. Geostorm. 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 
That's one of the highest Geostorm percentages that we've ever had. Five, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's cool. Uh, I'll be giving my views on it in a, in a week or two uh, when uh, me and Becky will see it because Becky wants to see it because she's one of those people who wants to see uh, Moa shirtless for the vast majority of the runtime. Um, one more quick point. Yep. Black, Black Manta looks like a Power Rangers bad guy. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> I swear um, to God, if you if you do, I, I would like to see a a cut scene of whoever that actor was who was playing him dressed as um, dressed as Black Manta, but doing that sort of overacting that the Power Rangers bad guys do. Ah, oh, look at your Power Rangers and shaking their fists about and stuff like that, because it would look exactly like a bad guy <laughs> from the Power Rangers. I like the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> Um, right, so yes. Um... I gotta get my pants. Wait, why is the voice in my head so loud? Oh, are you okay? I'm Miles. I'm Gwanda. Wait, your name is Gwanda? Yes, it's African. I'm South African. Uh, no accent though, because I was raised here. Hey. Okay, then. Uh, I'll see you around. See you. Hey! Um. Ow, ow, ow! Calm down! It's fine, just. Miles, let go! Been on it? It's just puberty. I don't think you know what puberty is. Just relax. Okay, I have a plan. I'm gonna pull really hard. That's a terrible plan. One. Don't do this. Two. Three. Our next uh, feature review is, and I've seen this one, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, directed by Bob Preschetti, uh, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman, uh, and is written, I believe, by uh, Bert Lord and Chris Miller, amongst others. Sure. Because yeah. apparently they're just responsible for everything that's good about anything they're involved in, even if they just had a piss next to one of the screenwriters. Okay. <laughs> Stars uh, Shriek Moore, oh, actually the voices of Shriek Moore, Jake Johnson, Chris Pine, uh, Hayley Steinfeld, Michelle Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lee Tomlin, Zoe Kravitz, John Mulaney, Nick Cage, Liev Schreiber, Catherine Hahn, now I'm probably leaving somebody out. Um, it is a uh, it's a Sony animation um, movie, Sony Pictures animation film um, that is uh, more set around uh, Miles Morales than it is Spider Man, which we'll get more into. But you have Kingpin is uh, essentially creates a hadron collider. I, I think it's the best way to describe it, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Um, which brings forth all these dimensions. Peter Parker, so Spider-Man gets kind of like caught within the crossfire of this um, this collider whilst trying to stop it, and it drags all of these various Spider-Man from um, different uh, dimensions into our dimension, I suppose you supposed to think, or, or not our, uh, into Miles Morales' dimension. At the same time, coincidentally, that Morales Morales gets bitten by a radioactive spider uh, and uh, gets all his spidey um, powers. Um, so, Ian, 
Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, did you did you tip Lottie to see this? Yeah. Right, cool. Uh, cool I, I want to get, as well as, as, as your views, I also want to get um, Lottie's views, and the same with Noel. As well as Noel's views, I want to get Charlie's views, um, how they reacted to it and everything mm. as, as well. Um, so, Ian, um, if you could go first, uh, what do yeah. you think of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll say what Lottie thought. I mean, like, if she's still up, if, if, if she wasn't in bed, I'd probably ask her to say actually but um she she liked it um she was getting a bit um antsy at some points like you know when it's slower you know and it has its moments where it's dialoguey uh you know but she enjoyed the fucking peter porker she fucking loved she fucking loves peter porker um and she thought the um, um, uh, the Penny Parker. She enjoyed yeah. the she enjoyed her and the robot. Um, so yeah, I mean she she had fun. Um, I fucking loved it. This film is fucking amazing, and it deserves to win best animated film at the Oscars. And I really hope it does. I think it's got a very. I, I think it's got a shout. Um, this is a this is a five star banger for me. Um, it is everything I wanted it to be. I think visually it's one of the most exciting films I think I've ever fucking seen. Um, I think the story is an awful lot of fun. It manages to be an origin story, but told in quite a fresh way. And it uses the trappings of an origin story as part of its narrative, which I think is really clever uh the the soundtrack's great um i thought the vocal performances were brilliant pretty much everything nicolas cage in it i thought uh, did in it i thought was gold um it's just it's a film made with genuine love and care it feels like sony were a bit like we're going to try something here um and maybe because it had a lower budget than other films, they were a little bit more hands off with the more corporate elements. And I like it just it it felt like a genuinely fresh superhero film, which I mean, we were just talking about Aquaman. This fucking blows the doors off something like like Aquaman. I, I, I think it's an incredibly impressive piece of work. Cool. Um, no, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think Ian has, has, has absolutely nailed it there. I feel exactly the same way. The one, uh, the one thing I'd, I'd add to that, which is a huge part of this for me, is this feels like a perfect superhero film for so many reasons. Like for for reasons of how the narrative works and shouldn't work based on everything that we know about the people behind it and the, and how this character has been treated in the past, but also, uh, and when I say this character, I mean the character Spider-Man, not Miles Morales, but you know, the, the, the fact that they've dared to do this and introduce so much and, uh, and so many concepts uh, to a film that's animated and probably directed at kids the age that, that my own child was when he saw it um it shouldn't work for so many reasons and it works fucking beautifully and i think that's the most impressive thing for me about any 
comic book movies uh, is is when you introduce a lot of elements or you push things in a certain direction. The very best comic book movies of the last 10 years have been movies like the Avengers, where they brought together these disparate um, group of things and forced them to work. Um, and for me, this sort of elevates that, like it, it, it takes that one step further. You know, if you think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what that was doing all that time, all right, well, let's have Iron Man over here is doing this and, we can tweak the visuals a little bit, but still it looks like it belongs in the same universe. And then there's Thor and he's quite a different thing, but we'll just put him into this box and, and then we can get him there. And then Captain America and we'll do this and we'll, we'll get him to this point And then boom, they're all here and it shouldn't work, but it does. This does it all in one film. Like, and it, you know, as Ian says, it uses origins as part of that narrative, which again is another thing that shouldn't work when you've got, uh, uh, potentially, you know, five, six origins that you've kind of got to get through in a film. It just works so beautifully and visually. It is one of, and I'm glad you said it, Ian. It's it's one of the most visually stunning and exciting and innovative things I've ever seen in a cinema. It's it's fucking beautiful, and I'll talk about it more in a minute. But the timing of this film. On a, on a personal level, it just could not be any better. It okay. really just could not be any better. Um, but, yeah, I'll talk about that more in a minute. Cool. Um, you fucking hated it, didn't you, Mark? <laughs> um, no, I, 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 was, was, um, I think I had a very similar reaction to, to you guys. I think it's very interesting the fact that um, both yourselves um, went to see it with, with your kids Um because and I, you went at midnight, <laughs> and I, I, I went at midnight to see it on my own um, with 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 a, with a child, but they were in my boot, so it's different. Um, but... so <laughs> Sorry, that's awful. <laughs> no, it's not. Off. I let them out afterwards. There was only mild scarring. It's fine. Um, emotional scarring, not physical. Well. Something else going, um, but anyway. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. To be honest, um, with it, I, I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite work out what what I was going into. Um, and then when it started, and you had the the Sony picture animation thing, and they were essentially doing the damage, jumping with the the title credits. I was like, all right, that, that that's pretty fucking cool. All right, and then within ten minutes, I'm going, okay. Holy shit! The, 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 these guys are are doing things that's really fucking. Um, can I just, no, sorry. Can you stop that, please? Sorry. <laughs> what? Check your fucking WhatsApp. Oh, and so they're doing really like innovative and and just like. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, so it's very rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just say that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, that's, that's really rude. I do apologise. <laughs> a little bit drunk at this point on, on medicine. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really innovative. It's it's really fucking different. It's it, it, What it's doing is, is it made me look at it and go, oh, I'm watching a comic book movie, not a movie mm. based on a comic book or inspired by comic characters or been a comic I'm watching literally them throwing a fucking comic book at me and That's going, oh, yeah. this is a moving comic book. 
Yeah. You're watching a fucking moving comic book. All the shit that we can do in a comic book, we're going to fucking do now. We're going to fucking yeah. throw storyboards at you. We're going to twist things around. We're going to make you. We're going to make you check right now to go. Am I? Should I wear three D glasses now? Am I? Yes. It is. Mm. At one point, I did think, and this in the first twenty minutes, I did think, is this in three D? I'm not wearing three D glasses, right? My whole point about 3D, and I'm glad that 3D cinema has died a fucking death because it, it didn't need to be there. And I, I agree with the Kermode thing of all cinema is in 3 fucking D because that's how it fucking worked. This felt like it had a different depth to it. It was, it's, it's the innovation in animation that something like, for instance, when people say, oh, Pixar, they're doing things that beyond any other animation studios are doing, it's kind of like, cool, have you seen Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse? No. Because that is what is going on. It was, it's, we spoke, for instance, last week about, um, sorry to bother you, um, and one of my key issues with that movie was that they were achingly trying to make a cool movie. Like, like, literally, like, everything was, how can we make this cooler? And it felt like that. Whereas Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse is a fucking cool movie. It just is a fucking cool movie. But us three can appreciate it. Lottie can appreciate it. And Charlie can appreciate it. The two guys that I watched it with that were further down, they fucking loved it. I don't know what else they fucking love, but they seem to fucking really dig it. It's a movie where I think you, you'd, you'd struggle to not get on with it. And I would actually genuinely, if you watched it and said, I didn't think it was that great, I'd go, all right, so you're a joyless bastard then. I don't think you can undersell the, the visual aspect of it as well. I mean, the putting a comic book on the, on the screen is something that other films have tried and some would say have failed. I think in particular Angley's Hulk sort of did it in a very, um, a very obvious way. I think with this, you cannot underplay just how beautifully it plays with those things and how subtly it does a lot of the time as well. You know, there are moments where Miles is sort of falling and you'll see the sort of like, whoa, sort of thing like on the screen, those are sort of bigger, but then there's moments where they're just swinging and you see the thwip in the back and it's really quick and just are the moment when Miles is sort of realizing his powers and he's sort of running and he leaps over that taxi and he's sort of got this confused look in his eyes. And in the background, you've got the sort of, um, you know, the traditional sort of yellow square panels, which would normally say things like meanwhile and stuff like that. And those are sort of, as he's vaulting over, cars and sort of you know falling along and sort of like finding his feet there's things that are coming up there that saying this can't be happening I'm, I'm just a normal kid and like stuff like that and it's it's fucking there's things like that where you just go fuck me that is really clever and it, it you are not doing it to impress me you are doing it to make this whole package feel a certain way and it does it so well and so subtle it's yeah it's it, it, yeah. it, it, it's very much people who understand the medium that they're they're dealing in i've always thought that the best not comic book, not comic book movie but the best interpretation of comic book as a movie um was 
Sylvan White's The Losers. Oh, yeah. In the sense that it, it, it very much got... I've read the, the, some of The Losers stuff, and it, it very much got that aspect of it, and I felt like I was watching that. Um, and, and this this carries that over really, really well. But at the same time, it also manages to be engaging and uh, entertaining. Um, I, it, it falls into... It also manages to, as well, take something from comic book movies in that it falls into the trap a little bit of the, um, the ending going on a little bit too long. Yeah. Yeah, well... It's a, it's a very, 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 very mild criticism. I, I didn't. I didn't feel that. I could see why. I could see why you might think that. But I think for me, um, the one thing I will say is, I, and, and, and this is probably just a slight difference between Charlie and, and Lottie, not with regards to attention spans, but just with regards to the the subject matter. Um, Charlie can tune out with things. Um, you know, if if there are talky bits, he can tune out a little bit. And I was a bit worried about that uh, because I think you'd you'd sort of mentioned it. I don't know if you'd mentioned it on WhatsApp or Ian. I don't know if you'd mentioned it on WhatsApp or on Twitter. But I was a bit like, oh shit! If it slows down in the second second act a little bit, uh, am I going to lose him? Uh, he did not. He did not fucking move. He was. He was. Um, he, he was right in there that, for the every thing, word. The thing is, like, Detective Pikachu comes out next year. It, mm. It'll be the opposite. Like yeah, if you yeah. if you took Charlie to see it, he'd probably be a little bit. But lots will be like in that fucking world. It made me laugh yeah. though. Like after after Spider Man, she was like, "I just I get bored watching films because you just have to stare at them." <laughs> and it was just like, "Who the yep. fuck are you?" <laughs> You know, and it was like, well, look, shall I stop taking you to the cinema then? Like, what's that about? And she was like, no, don't stop, don't stop taking me to the cinema. It was like, that's but that's the thing. Kids just say things. Yeah, no, sometimes. I mean, yeah. And it was just, <laughs> just I, I, to be honest, I was trolling her because it was like, of course, I'm not going to fucking stop taking her to the cinema. But like, that's the thing, man. It's like if when Detective Pikachu comes out, that's going to be her fucking Woodstock. You know, like it just. For example, Claire's gonna like. I take Charlie to the cinema quite a lot, mm. and Claire is unusually um, keen to see Mary Poppins. And she's like, "Oh, should we all go to see Mary Poppins?" And I'm a bit like, "Well, we can't all go because we can't take Rosa. So I'll stay here with Rosa because I'm not getting. We're not paying for a babysitter just so we can go to the cinema. Why don't you take this as an opportunity because you want to see it to take Charlie? So she's like, "Brilliant, yeah, I'll take Charlie." I'm more concerned that Charlie will switch off during Mary Poppins like, um, than he would in this, like 100. percent There's no fucking way I'm taking Lottie to Mary Poppins. There's no yeah. way. Like, if it's not animated and if there's not action sequences, and it's it's not a criticism of Lots. I mean, she's just she's fucking four years old. Mary yeah, Poppins, exactly. re- Mary Poppins Returns is not a film for fucking young kids. And mm. like the thing is as well, like most trailers. Sorry, tangenting slightly here. Apologies, but most trailers, she's like, "I want to go see that," which is great. Mary Poppins yeah. returns from the first time she saw it, the trailer. I don't want to see that. Right. And yeah. I mean, like to be fair, the bit when Ben Whishaw in the trailer is like, "Everything's gone to pieces since your mother." You know, it, it's that bit. 
she fucking mm-hmm. like nah like this no. isn't for me yeah you know so it's fine I'm just gonna go and the thing is I want to furiously masturbate all the way through that (laughs) film so it's probably best that I go by myself you know and uh, there's a 9.30 showing at Cineworld on Saturday morning that I'm gonna go to and like oh god the thing is it's so early that there's not gonna be that many people in there but the ones who are gonna be in there it is gonna be it is gonna be people with kids it's gonna Mm. be people with kids and then me by myself masturbating and, you know like it just like, having, I, having to constantly say to parents it's not your child it, it's not it's, it's yeah no, as, yeah no as, as donna said to me a couple of weeks back you are gonna have to explain quite a lot that you're not wanking because of their kids you know <laughs> and, 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 you know and it, it's god next next week's gonna be a fun one like just i'm gonna be so like i'm really conflicted I I don't find Mary Poppins attractive. I find Emily Blunt very attractive. I'm hoping the two can just meet in the middle. You, you, you know where we start? I'm gonna go. Ian, what do you think of Mary Poppins? And you go. I had to leave. Yeah. No. I mean, that, that, yeah. I mean, that's it. It's like, do I just bite the bullet and go to the midnight showing where it is literally all men by just themselves? people like you? <laughs> Just a bunch of fucking perverts. It's oh, just it's, everybody with a knowing wink at each other. Like, yeah, we're all here for the same reasons. Let's just let's just keep our let's, faces let's focused forward. Never speak down the road. Yeah. If we pass each other in Cardiff City Centre, we don't speak of this incident. No, well, no, we'll establish a handshake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it starts with wiping your hand down your trouser leg and then shaking. Nah, man, it, it starts with spitting in your hand and shaking. <laughs> oh, oh, that's grim. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so just to just to say that the 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 difference between you know the merit to bring it back from Mary Poppins is is this is um, and the ti- like the t- the timing, even the time of year for it. The fact that this is at the end of the year, this is at the end of a year when I think. At the start of this year, Charlie's favourite um, Marvel character, if you like, probably would have been Hulk, or it probably would have been maybe Iron Man a little bit, or he really kind of dug Thor a little bit as well, and a couple of other. There's a couple of other characters that he likes that he doesn't really know anything about and stuff. Um, Spider Man's kicked in super, super hard this year, and that's for a couple of reasons. The first thing was the PS4 game. Mm. The PS4 game we both played, and I'll come back to the PS4 game in a minute because it's, it's super important. But um, the PS4 game we both played a lot. We both sort of spent a lot of time playing together, which, Ian, I know you play a lot of video games with Loring, and it's, that's, it's a great thing to do together. We don't have a console in our house apart from the SNES Mini. Um, so we don't do a lot of that. So having a PS4 for three weeks this year, or three or four weeks this year, and just playing Spider-Man PS4 pretty much every day together, that was a nice thing. That was a nice bonding thing that we did. And it it it, it reinforced Spider-Man for Charlie and just how much he loved it. I also introduced um, Charlie to his first comic books this year, and um, we've started reading... Uh, there's a comic series called Spidey, which is a little bit more geared to younger audiences. And I bought the first book of that. Uh, and he's got the second book of that for Christmas. 
Um, and that's just literally a comic book that we can both read that I can sit down and read to him and he can pick up some of the words and it's, it's not an over, you know, it's not dealing with big concepts of multiple universes and stuff like that. It's just Spidey fighting bad guys. So he, he totally gets it and he's really, you know, he, he wants to immediately read the next comic and he's sort of gotten into reading comics on the back of that. So it's been a big year for Spider-Man for us. Um, but it's always been, you know, it's always been Peter Parker. This is because Peter Parker is Spider-Man to me. Um, and he's always wanted to know who Black Spider-Man is. And, you know, he came back from school at one point this year and he said to me, he's like, Daddy, I was talking to, I forget the kid's name. He was saying, like, I was talking to such about it. And he says that Black Spider-Man's Venom, but it's not, is it? Black Spider-Man's Miles Morales. And I was like, yes, mate, I have taught you well. You give the uh, little man a fist bump for that. I was like, yes, I did. Yeah, 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 so nice. he knows all this stuff. And he's always been curious about who Miles is because Miles looks a bit younger and stuff like that. Yeah. So for this film to come out at this point in the year and really tell him who Miles is, but also have that whole sort of handover thing, you know, there will be there will be young black kids all over the, the, the world that are feeling this a lot more than Charlie does, clearly. But Charlie's five years old. He doesn't really, he doesn't see any of that stuff. He doesn't acknowledge any of that stuff. As far as Charlie's concerned, Peter Parker was Spider-Man and now Miles Morales is Spider-Man. And we now live in a world where, you know, when we come home now, I come home from school, I came home from work the other night and Charlie wants to run around the living room with me being Spider-Man. And the first thing he says is, Daddy, you're Peter Parker and I'm Miles Morales because he sees Peter Parker, probably mainly because of this film, as being the person who is the older Spider-Man who's handing over Spider-Man to, to, to a kid like him. Um, and that's what, you know, the majority, that's what this film is about. Like, you know, it, it, even if you take out the Chris Pine Spider-Man at the beginning of this, who is the uh, Earth 616 Spider-Man, I guess, although he's not actually, because this is Miles Morales' universe. That's a different I, universe. I, I, I thought he was, I thought he was the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Uh, no, it's, well, he's played by Chris Pine. But... Oh yeah, but it, it's like he does all the things that the Sam Raimi one did, doesn't he? Uh, well, they play with that a little bit. So the thing is, Miles Morales lives in. Wait, I'll have to check this. Um, I think Miles Morales' universe is he six one six? Because it's a bit weird. Because that it feels like. I mean, the Peter Parker in. The 616 universe in this has blonde hair and he's the sort of perfect oh, yeah. Good Peter point. Parker. Good point. Whereas the, the Peter Parker that gets dragged into it is the one who's been through a lot and he got married to MJ and stuff. So it's it's kind of a bit unclear and they probably did that on purpose because they don't want people to get they don't want people to say, Oh, so this isn't the real Spider Man, this is the real Spider I don't know. It it kind of doesn't matter really, but um mm. uh, um But yeah, so 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 what I'm saying is he's for, for Miles Morales to take this mantle forward and for, for a big part of this film to be about that is huge. And and to have literally, and this is the biggest thing, this is literally the biggest moment in this whole film for me, is the sequence where they come out of, um, of the science lab. Um, 
and they're carrying the they're carrying the, the computer and Miles is trying to carry the computer and and, and Peter slaps the the uh, the web shooter on him. He's like, no, do it like this. That moment where they take off and they're going through the trees and Peter's like saying to him, he's like, no, he's like, now thwip and up and release and then thwip again and up and release. I had that conversation with Charlie when we were playing PS4 Spider-Man. I sat there in his ear and went, now thwip and then up and then release and thwip and then I saw the moment that he got that um, and, yeah. and the joy on his face when he went, oh, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. So, yeah. so to, to have that in a film in front of him where he's looking at it going, I'm Miles Morales, and I'm looking at it going, I'm Peter Parker, and just have that moment together. It's That's fu- awesome. That's massive. fucking awesome. It's absolutely massive. Um, so, you know, as good as this film is, completely outside of all that, to have that layered on top of it is just perfect. Just absolutely perfect. Super. That's fucking ace. It's good, man. It's a fucking good time. Like, such a good time. You see, this is the thing. It's like the, the fucking opposite of that is we've got lots of the new Pokemon game for the Switch for Christmas. And she's been watching Let's Play videos of it on YouTube. Uh, there's so much on-screen text. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, she's going to need us to read fucking everything. And I'm almost tempted to say, right, lots, this is how you learn to read. I'm not going to fucking help you at all. Well, actually, we, we did a similar thing um, with Learn to Read with the Geekly movies for Isabel, with the subtitles. What? You stuck the subtitles on? Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, Charlie will do that quite a lot with with really? if he's watching Netflix, he'll stick the subtitles on because he's he's at that stage at the moment where he wants to read everything, um, which is a brilliant thing, and we definitely don't want to discourage that. So, but, like I came home the other day, there's this weird thing, and I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's like this um, this Japanese thing where uh, I was uh, this Japanese show where it's sort of like Transformers and it's sort of like Power Rangers, and it's got oh, this Voltron. No, 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 no. It's something else. It's a, it's a cross between Power Rangers and Transformers, and it's got the most amazing theme music, which is what all kids' shows should have anyway. Oh, shit, um, and I'll, I'll come downstairs, and he's watching it in Korean, um, but he's got the subtitles on screen. And I'll be like, you do know that this is, this is not in English? And he's like, yeah, it's all right. I know what's going on. And he'll sit there and he's watching it and he knows what's going on because of what's happening, but he just picks up occasional words and he... Hang on, this is on Netflix? Yeah, I'll have to try and find... I'll try and find it now because it'll be in his it'll be in his queue. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, where were we, guys? Then I'm, I'm guessing we are all very much definitely not shit on uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Uh, oh, oh, shit, yeah. But I need to find out what this show is. Uh, well, uh, while you're finding out what this show is, uh, our audience rating, wow. Okay. 100%, yeah? No. Oh, what? What? Definitely not shit, 91%. Right. Right. Touching cloth, 0%. Right. And shit, 9%. Oh, fuck off, Dan. Yeah, fuck <sighs> off, Dan, you prick. <laughs> uh, right, uh, we will... So what are we on to next? Oh, you guys have got to chat some Bumblebee. Wow. We really shouldn't have done Bumblebee last. <laughs> 
people of Earth. We are Decepticon peacekeepers patrolling the galaxy. What are you doing? This is humiliating. We believe a dangerous criminal from our world is hiding somewhere on yours. There's a war raging on our planet. If B-127 isn't found, that war may find its way here. It, okay, directed by Travis Knight, stars uh, Haley Steinfeld and uh, John Cena and other people. Um, Bumblebee comes to Earth trying to establish kind of like essentially a new kind of like home for the uh, Autobots. Uh, he is followed to Earth by... Oh, no, oh, hang on. He basically gets his memory wiped. He turns into a VW Beetle. Um... Hayley Steinfeld finds him, finds out he's a robot. Uh, a couple of other robots voiced by Angela Bassett and Justin Faroe follow him. Um, and then it's it, it kind of E.T. meets Transformers, uh, basically. Um, so Travis Knight, director of Cubo and the Two Strings. This film has had some pretty positive reaction, even though it kind of seems like the box office is going to be pretty middling. Kind of feels like people are done with Transformers. I'll throw it to Noel. Uh, do you think people should be done with Transformers after Bumblebee? Uh, uh, I, d- I feel like I don't know what the word on the street is on this. I've It's really, I've, really fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I mean, I was done with... I was done with Transformers in the Bayverse, if you like. Mm. I was done with it the very first time I saw a trailer for the first film. And I realised, ah, um, this isn't this isn't my Transformers. So since then, I, I I I read Transformers comics every single day, pretty much, um, and I watch Transformers the movie at least four times a year. Uh, this year, I've probably watched it about ten or twelve times, but that was because I did a sort of lengthy podcast that covered it. Um, so you know. I mean, I'm still in love with this franchise. I always will be. It's It was a very important franchise to me, but I have never really engaged or locked into this movie universe. This film seemed like a like it was going to, to a degree, at least acknowledge that that world and those characters and, and that look. Um, and I got excited about that when I first saw that trailer. And... You know, we saw a little bit of Cybertron. It was exciting to see one of my favourite Transformers characters of all time, Soundwave, um, brought to life in in, in that way, um, as well as Optimus Prime, obviously. Um, so I was excited about it, but I knew that it was probably just going to be a very fleeting moment, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, my worry is, if Hasbro was going to, if Hasbro was going to give people what they want and they were going to acknowledge the fans and they were going to acknowledge the very rich, um, wider universe that exists around Transformers. They probably would have done it already. Um, I, my fear is that they noticed that the numbers were sliding for the Michael Bay Transformers. Mm -hmm. So they decided to spend less money. They decided to get a cheaper director and they decided to focus on what they see as the most interesting character in the Transformers universe, which is Bumblebee. 
which he isn't. He's probably the least interesting. Um, and what they've got out of it is a film that does some warm and fuzzy stuff and ticks a lot of boxes in that regard and is a, is a, is a good family film. And what they will probably do is build on the back of that. And that's hugely disappointing for me because that's not what I want. And it's fine. If that's what people want, then that's what they can have. But I'm I'm still waiting for my Transformers movie. And I I just don't ever think I'm going to get it, really, sadly. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, I I took lots to see this as well, and um, she was kind of more engaged by this than she was by fucking Spider Man, which is really weird and a little bit disappointing. But she's four. Well, it's a fa- it's a it's a family film. I get it. Like it's you know it's 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 trying to emulate certain nineteen eighties family mm. films and stuff. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I like I I had a I had a decent time with it to be honest. It's um, I, I, I don't think it's particularly memorable. Um, I, I I think Haley Seinfeld is good, and I think she sells with the, the kind of like the the backstory stuff with her dad and whatnot. I think she actually sells why Bumblebee is so important to her, even before she finds out he's a robot. Mm. Um, like it's, um, yeah, I, I, I found her actually quite affecting. Um, it's, it's better acting than mm. I think you've ever seen in any of the Bay films. And that's not because the Bay films are shit or whatever. It's just the characters are very, this is a type go. Whereas she's actually got a little bit of nuance to her. You know, not. It, it, I mean, shit, man. It's not fucking. It. It. it it's not Carol. Just like, sorry, that you know. You know what I mean. It, it's not yeah. an. You know, an affecting story for the. It's not one of the best films <laughs> of the Matt decade. Looks so angry right now. <laughs> it's. It's not one of the best films of the decade, unlike Carol. Um, <laughs> but it's. Um, I genuinely think that. Uh, but. <laughs> Don't swear at the screen, fuck. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it, it you know it, it, it's fun. Uh, the visual effects are good. I think it's short enough. That, I mean, it's under two hours, which I think is fucking vital. Um, and yeah, I had a good time with it. I don't really have that much to say about it, to be fair. So it probably can be a bit of a lightning round. Uh, I'm just I'm sad that it, it. I'm sad that Noel didn't get out of it what. I, you know, what everybody I think hopes Noel gets out of a Transformers film because it, it kind of <laughs> at this point it feels like his life's calling. Yeah, sorry, go on. So where are you guys with it then on, on our scale? Oh, I'm definitely not sure. I had a good time. Good. It's I'm, I'm torn. It's I mean, I think for other people it's definitely not shit. For me, it's touching cloth just because it's a it's an effective family movie. Um, there are parts of the aesthetic that I like. I think I still say what I said to you, or whether I said it on Twitter or whatever. It just it feels like the first act is being beaten around the head with. Now that's what I call music eight. I could do without 
I could do without 20 fucking songs and 20 T-shirts to show me that this is being set in the 1980s. I fucking get it. Um, so if they if they turn that down a little bit, then I would have enjoyed it more. Um, my disappointment comes from the fact that they gave me a little bit. They gave me a little bit of a taste of the, at the beginning of what could have been, and then just never did that again. Um, and what they left me with was an effective family film, which is fine. And yeah, it's definitely not. Well, it's definitely not shit. It's it's definitely not shit. It's it's a good film, and people will get a lot out of it. It's just. It didn't serve me what I needed, but then having said that, I didn't really expect it to, so I can't complain that much. Well, um, our audience poll was definitely not shit, 29%. Touching cloth, 29%. Shit, 29%. And Geostorm, 13%. So, yeah, one of the literally the most films we've ever had. We are now joined by, by, by Becky. You, you've, you've joined us for this because I did say that earlier on that you, you I haven't watched any of the films because you've been quite unwell, haven't you? I spent the last three days in a cough syrup haze. You have oh, spent... bless you, oh, Becky. Nice. Uh, what are you drinking, Becky? We did, we did, we did what went Cough syrup. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking, right, so I finally feel a little bit better, so I allowed myself to have a couple of days. I'm drinking Orinoco Mocha Milk Stout. Nice. It's delightful. You've developed a bit of a taste for like stouts and porters, haven't you? Not so much stouts, but porters. That is a stout that you are literally drinking right now. It tastes like a porter though, because it's sweeter. Yep. Nice. 
It's lovely. You know what you need to do, Becky? What's that? Is you need to get onto the Buxton Brewery website immediately and order you a... It's about 12 quid a bottle, and it's only a 330 milliliter bottle, but you need to get a, a, a bottle of Yellow Belly and treat it. Treat yourself to a bottle of that on Christmas Day. Treat myself, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. the greatest beer ever made, Buxton and it's, it's Buxton Omnipolo Brewery. It's the greatest beer ever made, and it's about to be uh, – they just did their last batch of it. It's going to be the last batch ever because the name has been contested by another brewery, and they're going to have to stop making it. So it's <laughs> – What's it called? Yellow Belly. Yellow Belly, yeah. And it I is... do apologise now, actually, for my voice. Like, it's a bit in and out. And no, it's, it's, it's kind of hot, if I'm honest. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad he's the one who said that. <laughs> um, what have we been watching this week? Uh, Ian, what have you been watching? Uh, one of the best films of the decade, Carol. Um, <laughs> I've just been for a pee. <laughs> Like, oh, Carol's the shit. I fucking love that film. No, I'm, 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 saying that, I'm saying that I said Ian earlier that I, I would go for a pee while he's talking about this because I am, by your decree, not allowed to talk about Carol anymore. You are, though. It's, it's a tired old fucking horse you try to flog with that one, babe. I fucking love Carol. It makes my heart ache. It's so good. We'll talk it, about it when, when we talk about the best films of the decade. We'll get into it, Mark. It's all right. We'll save it. We'll yeah, save it. We'll, it, it, we'll save it, it for a year. It is the best film about grooming of the past 10 years. Fuck <laughs> off, man. I'll tell you, I tell you what, I'll tell you what. Like Mark, if you, if you agree to do a commentary with Ian on Carol, yep. I'll agree to do a commentary with Ian on American Sniper. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am up for that one. Yeah. All right, then. Can I, can I just point out that, that, that Carol is the movie that made Ian go, I can't talk about this anymore, we'll have to continue this show another day. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, but to be fair, that was because like I was really drunk and wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> we, we were pretty drunk, actually. Like, no, literally, that's the reason why. I remember that very well. I was lying down, basically asleep, and you were just <laughs> arguing with me, and all I wanted to do was go to bed. Ian, he argues with me about Carol, and I wholeheartedly agree with him. I think it's shit, but he argues with me I don't, about it. I don't it. think it's shit. The fuck. I don't think it's shit. It's problematic. I think it's incredibly problematic. I think people don't understand the film that it is. No, I'm not allowed to talk about Carol. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what else have you watched, Ian? My fucking God. Like, Rooney Mara is plenty fucking old enough to know what she's getting into. Grooming, if it was about a guy and a girl, it'd be completely different. Carrie, I'm not allowed to talk about Carol. Stop it, stop it, stop talking. Ian, what else have you been watching? If it was about a guy and a girl, it'd be completely different. It would, people would be like, oh, I'm not allowed to talk about Carol. I should what? get a t-shirt. What was just whispered? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Carry on. My Ian, what else have you watched? But that's not what the, the, it's not what the story is, though. It, right. Fuck it is. Ian is not allowed to talk about it. it it's... Fuck it. She don't give a shit about it. If it was... Alright, I'll say this. If it was an older woman and a younger guy, it would be fine. It wouldn't. If it was an older man and a younger woman, would it be fine? Absolutely not, no. Nope. Yeah, but there's quite... There is quite a... 
There's quite a difference between men and women. Anyway, let's let's pick up this discussion. You know, this time next year, we'll be well into of the decade conversations. <laughs> I will be. I'll be absent from that conversation because I'm not allowed. You'll, to you'll be out that night. No, 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 no. We'll do a commentary, and we'll do that. We'll do American Sniper, the film that I believe may be responsible for a lot of deaths. Which I don't think Carol is, to be fair. No, it's not suicide. Anyway, uh, um, we're, we're doing Roma next week, aren't we? Yes, we are indeed, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, right, um, I watched Puppy Star Christmas because I was paid <laughs> for it. My review is on vodzilla.co. Your review is uh, fantastic on vodzilla.co. It genuinely made me laugh a few times. Well, Bless you, thank you. I'm 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 very very proud of the fact I managed to get in the media res into a review of Puppy Star Christmas. Uh, it's like just, a ty- just to say, just to say, honestly, people, go or go read any of Ian's reviews, but go and read that review. It is brilliant. It's fucking uh, it, saving to say the least. It reminds me of the. It reminds me of the time I retook an A level exam. Only because I wanted to get fuck into an A-level paper. And I did. And I ended up getting 40 out of 40. Nice. And my my teacher at the time actually had that fucking framed. Oh, well done. Yeah, nice. I was very... Like, no, lit- oh, it was brilliant. Like, they had it marked, and then someone else remarked it and said, I literally see nothing wrong with this writing. And it was just like, all right then, cool. And although I literally only retook the exam because I wanted to get fuck in there, which was a quote from my favourite book. It was a word from a quote from my favourite book of all time, Enduring Love by Ian McEwan, which was turned into a problematic film um, uh, starring Daniel Craig and Reese Ifans. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, Puppy Star Christmas. Um, Whitney, the uh, Whitney Houston documentary that wasn't directed by Nick Broomfield. Uh, it's it, it's very good. It's too close to the family, I think. It, it's, yeah. it, it, it's not very objective, I, I don't think. Um, I, I would be intrigued to see the Broomfield one because I understand he didn't have as much access and I wonder if that's maybe a bit more incisive. So, yeah. Um, and Beast... Uh, I'm going to talk about Ooh. this briefly, but um, I, I'd like you guys to watch this. Oh, well, well, so, if you don't talk about it now, we, we could review it next week. Um, I will just say, for anyone who regularly attends Cineworld, um, the main man in Beast, who is a suspected killer of women in the film, is played by the Cineworld Tasty Deprief man. And it really... When you realise who it is... All like the first twenty minutes of the film, I was like, "I know this guy, I fucking know this guy." And then I looked him up, and he's the front of Cineworld's in cinema campaign for the last year. Who, in one ad, says um, at the end of the film, "You should go for a tasty debrief." And all I could think through the film was that he attracted the women who he may or may not have killed by saying, "Would you like a tasty debrief?" A tasty debrief sounds like something frat boys say before a sorority party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Um, so there you go. Uh, that that's actually me because we talked about most of the stuff this week. Frankly, yeah. uh, no. Uh, did you watch anything else this week? Um, I watched two things. I watched uh, I watched The Ghost in the Shell. Um, yes. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, You're for the free movie. Um, yeah. This I, the one thing that I took away from it is that I kind of wish that I'd seen it at the cinema because visually it looks fucking incredible. Um, Talking about the. I, anime. It all the... Oh, no, 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 the, the uh, remake or whatever you want to call it. So um, I have seen the original a few times. The original came about um, around the time that I was kind of into anime and I, I'd had a, I had a little bit of an anime phase. Um, so I have seen that original a few times. Um, it's been a long time since I saw it. I think there's a lot of stuff in here which they've directly translated, which if I was more... Uh, recently familiar with the original, I might have been a little bit, oh, well, you've just translated it, but I was kind of, it was nice to see it again, but in a different way. Um, I think uh, she was great in it. I think Scarlett Johansson was great in it. I think she did a, a fantastic job. Uh, it's a little bit flat at times in terms of like the, it, it felt kind of, the characters felt a bit dead inside and I realised that's because one of them's a robot. Uh, but they, they it, it's, I didn't feel much for anybody in the film. And I think that is, I think you feel that more in this than you do in the original, just because of what the original is and the fact that it's an anime. Um, I think in this, because you are expected to uh, feel for Johansson's character, it's, it just comes across as, being a little bit lifeless at times uh but the visuals more than make up for it i just kind of wish that i'd i enjoyed the film overall i just kind of wish that i'd seen it on a big screen because i think some of those you know the sweeping blade runner style shots that they've they've got in there would have worked quite well on the big screen it is is what sorry it's nice looking yeah it's great looking it's 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 great looking but it's a bit dead inside it's like taylor swift (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. there's some shot for shot reading whoa <laughs> whoa back up there she oh sorry into your pop music Rosamund Pike do you know why she's hot she can bake and she looks like a biatch she's a piece of shit she is a piece yeah, of shit yeah but she, she doesn't look like the nice she doesn't look like the sort of Rosamund Pike sexy kind of bitch thing she's more like she'd She's got very little sex appeal, considering how few. Yeah, she's beautiful, but she'd probably just slag you off to her mates. Yeah, that's not that's not like being a bitch. That's not like being Rosamund Pike, where she's dangerous, or she'll take you on a fucking you know yeah. uh, on a road trip, convert her from I, I, I prostitute. Like, it's just like she seems like a bit of a cunt. Sorry, I, I shouldn't I, say I, that. I kind of uh, like the idea of, of, of being somebody's shitty fifth album. Uh, she she looks like the kind of girl that would just fucking lay there in bed and expect you to do all the work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but you you are right on that. Whereas whereas whereas, whereas with Pike, no whereas with Pike, you'd be thinking, yeah. shit, I might get, get killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, 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 you're you're having, if you're having, if it is, I'm fine. If you're having sex with Rosamund, if, <laughs> if you're having sex with Rosamund Pike, you're thinking, is she going to murder me at some point? If you're having sex with Taylor Swift, you're thinking, is she going to shout at me afterwards for not bringing wet wipes? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. All right, fair point. 
<laughs> anyway, leave to tell us your thing alone. So that was Ghost in the Shell. The only other thing I watched, it was late and it was ITV2. And as you would expect, Love Actually came on. <laughs> so I just, I was like... ITV2 just on Love Actually channel, George. <laughs> this time of year, yeah. They switch Hot Fuzz off at this time of year and just switch over to Love Actually. Um, but yeah, it's... I don't get why I don't get why people love this so much, and I, I particularly don't get why a lot of uh, members of the opposite sex seem to, you know, rate it as a as a as their top sort of Christmas film. It's, you know, I'm not keen on on everything being problematic these days, but ooh, there's a lot of dodgy stuff in this film. Yeah, yeah. I've watched it a, a, a grand total of one times when it first came out on TV and vowed after that to never, ever watch it again because it made me so angry. Yeah, you, you were like... I, I fucking hate it. I was fine it's awful. It, and I, I, I thought it was... It's a piece of it, shit. It was all right, but like you, you told me off. The fact that they referred to Martin McCutcheon, who wasn't even my favourite person at the time because like, I've, I've never liked Martin McCutcheon, but the fact that they referred to her as essentially what variations on the chubby girl all the way through. yeah not right and there's that one it, moment and I, I did mention this there's that one moment where you know a lot of people seem to really love that sort of hugh grant martin mccutcheon thing that goes on in it but that moment where he sort of says he says something like who do i have to screw around here to get a chocolate biscuit and she just walks in with a tea trolley and yeah. it's a bit like oh that's a bit I mean, especially when there's the pa- when there's the fact that she is a lowly this and he is the fucking prime minister. It's a bit. Ooh, I'm not sure that would play these days. Um, also, a lot of the other characters in it. I mean, I'm expected to feel for Andrew Lincoln's character, who is uh, sort of plotting plotting to fuck his best mate's wife. Yeah. Like, and and then at the end, he sort of wins her over. And it's sort of, you know, you forget that it's, uh, I don't know how to say this name, so forgive me. Uh, you forget that it's Chiwetelajifor for that is, did I say that wrong? I probably did. No, no, that's uh, good. Okay. Um, you forget you forget that it's him that's the best friend as well. I'm fine with No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm fine with him. It's just in that film, you sort of, you, you, you get the initial setup where they get married and it's like, yes, this is his best man. He's, they've been best bros all their lives and blah, blah, blah. And is Andrew Lincoln just jealous because this woman's taking it away his best bro? Oh, no, it's actually because Andrew Lincoln's it. And then from that point, Tuatalajah Four's character is gone. He's out of fucking film. He's not in it anymore. He doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about his feelings. Doesn't matter about what Andrew Lincoln's about to do. He's just gone. Um and it's just, there's a lot of obnoxious stuff in there. The one strong story in it still is the um, oh, um, the Emma Thompson thing, which is the thing that people always remember. Yeah. But it's not very nice. It's not very Christmassy, and it's all a bit depressing. So, uh, is that the one where he goes and buys his mistress a necklace and she sees yes. him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then and she doesn't really, get it. Really? Yeah, and she finds it in his pocket. She finds it in his pocket, and then she doesn't get that, and then she goes and cries to herself alone in her bedroom, and then sort of swallows it and just carries on for her family's sake. And I don't know about you, but I find that really, really dark and and yeah. and, and, and grim. The fact that this is somebody's life, and yeah. 
I don't know that the perception of Love Actually, Love Actually as oh, this lovely, warm and fuzzy Christmas movie that a lot of, frankly, women will say, oh, it's my favourite Christmas. I'm not sure... I'm not sure what they're seeing in this film. Um, I, I, I think it has reached problematic territory. Um, I, I mean, I'll say, like, directed by Richard Curtis, who also directed The Boat That Rocked, which at the time, which must have been 10 years ago... Shit, yeah. <laughs> ...was a... It was about wow. Radio 1 DJs fucking young women. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is a film which is full of DJs having fun at, on an oil rig and every now and then women come to fuck them. God, I mean... That's not even oh, ten years ago. Yeah. You know... It's nine years old. Um, God, that movie's fucking awful. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Like, that film is horrific. And, you know, then I thought, hang on a second, there's, not, no, there's something not right here. And, you know, it, it kind of feels like Richard Curtis is someone who in 10, 20 years, you can see being thought of like people think of like fucking whoever did like Love Thy Neighbour or whatever now, you know, where it's just like that was a time gone past and that's something that people loved at the time and now maybe not so much. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting, but then again, I mean, Rich Curtis has done fuck all for a while now. And I, I don't know, it, it, the, the re-evaluation of Love Actually, I think gets stronger every year. He wrote the story for Mamma Mia, here we go again. It, yeah, he was involved in it, yeah. I, I, I It just... I think give it ten years, and I think Love Actually will be seen as a really mm. kind of experience. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think it will. I, I think I think it will be one of those that it rides the, 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 rides the wind yeah. and nostalgia through, and, and just people just go, ah, yeah, yeah, it was a different time. No, but the thing is, I don't agree with that with Love Actually. I don't agree with the whole oh, it's problematic now thing with Love Actually. It always fucking was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, mm. I, yeah, I, I, I take that point. I mean, shit, man. The whole fucking subplot with um, Chris Marshall, and like, as soon as he goes over to America, those women are just all over him. Oh god, yeah, 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 yeah. That that bit at the end where they he basically has three women come on to him, and they're all, you know, recognizable. And then that fourth one arrives at the end. It's just. Yeah, that's terrible. That's fucking... And I don't think I'm particularly sensitive to this stuff, like... No, I'm not. I'm not. I Out of out of the three of us that are on on a regular basis, I'm probably really the one that's least, like, snowflakey. And... <laughs> don't kick me. <laughs> and no, you're right. Always, Love Actually has always really fucking bothered me. I mean, it, always. It, it... Donna um, watched it the other day and she was saying that she read an article where it was pointed out that basically the more lines a woman has in that film, the more kind of truish she is. Yeah. yeah. And, it, it, you know, it's... I mean, the thing is, you have got the Emma Thompson character, but then she's basically punished for 
being a well, good like, wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it, it. Yeah, Love Actually is an odd film, and I'm glad well, that's that the I thing. Watched it this year. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's the perception that bothers me. So, like, you know, I was I've only seen this film twice. The the, the first time I saw it was. Uh, an ex-girlfriend really loved it it was Christmas we stuck it on and she was like oh you've got to watch Love Actually it's oh it's gorgeous and this and oh it's so sweet when this happens and stuff and I remember watching it back then and being like it's a bit grim in parts this and I I don't really see where the warm and fuzzy is coming from it's a Um, spirited film it is it's that's exactly it it's a mean film and and what bothers me more about it is the perception of it is The direct opposite it's that it's a oh it's a warm and fuzzy thing to watch at christmas i'm not sure like there's you know the the, the stuff that's in it that's supposedly about love with yeah. the exception with the exception of one plot thread which is the um i forgot his name the guy from the office and the girl Martin from Freeman. yeah John the Martin Freeman joanna page thing that is kind of but that's probably the the smallest uh, it, it, yeah, that's got it's to be literally a few spread. scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's probably the sweetest thing in it. Uh, everything else is fucking mean and and just a bit horrible. Yeah. So yeah, I won't be conned into. I, I, you know, I won't be conned into watching that again. Cool. Uh, what have we watched this week, Lex? We've watched some stuff. Yep. It literally it's, it's all listed in front of us. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna say we'll do. I know we're a couple of weeks out on Twitter questions. We'll do them next week. Yeah, we, 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 we will speed around what we've watched as well this week. So no, it, got... it, it, it's fine with that. Just like Twitter questions next week. We'll, we'll make time. Yeah. We'll do like a whole question session. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I watched Legend, um, the Ridley Scott movie with a very young Tom Cruise, Mia Sara, Tim Curry as the devil, it's it's one of those films for me that's got like massive nostalgia levels, and I fucking actually, love Legend. Fucking I need to rewatch that. Yeah, Bruce didn't realise until rewatching it this time quite how short his tabard would you call it? Like the thing that he wears. Yeah. There's a bit where he like kneels over one of the like dwarfy type guys, and it's like it's very it's very close up there to his you know. Can you can you see he's cruising? You can't, you can't quite see that, but you can, you can, you can almost see the short and curlies. Um, it's absolutely <laughs> don't look at me like that. It's I, I love Legend. It's I think it's an amazing film that really has kind of seemed to slip under a lot of people's radar. A lot of people, when you mention it, don't don't know what it is. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great fairy tale. It's. What? Do you know why? Why? This isn't a criticism. This isn't a criticism. Do you know why that? I think why? the genuine reason. Do you reckon Tom Cruise has suppressed it? No, no, no. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise speaks quite highly. But, <laughs> um, I think. I think it's because um, Labyrinth took its um, the next the, the next year. Yeah. Took that kind of uh, mantle away from it as the fantasy film took to rent. You're talking about uh, an age where. Movies weren't available as easy as they are now, yeah. and I just think that 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 Labyrinth was the easier one to go to because it had David fucking Bowie in it, and it was um, it was Jim Henson, and, and so I think that kind of and it, it was a more fun appearing movie. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot that. lighter of a story. Yeah, it's a lot lighter story. So, so that, 
That's what I mean. It, it is. I think that had it been had those two been released a year apart now, it'd be a very different story. But in yeah. the times that they were released in the mid eighties, where the home video is a very different medium, um, I, I do think the Labyrinth kind of took that away a little bit. Yeah, quite possibly. I think I think Legend is a lot more of a magical kind of movie. Obviously, you've got. It, I don't know. It's the, the it's not just puppets and stuff. There's a lot more people stuff going on, um, and it's the whole like dark versus light battle, and there's unicorns and fairies. And Tim Curry is absolutely magnificent as the devil in this. Yeah, he is. Actually. That dance sequence that he has with Mia Sara. Uh, no, not dance sequence. The dance sequence that Mia Sara has, and then Tim Curry comes in, and it's all he's very threatening. It's it's just a really really fantastic movie. I've been told to hurry up, guys, so I'll shut up. No, I'm not going You can do that one as well. Oh, and then we slash me. So we both watched the start of, and then I watched it to the end of Avengers Infinity War again, mm. which I've been wanting to do since the trailer for Endgame came out. <laughs> to be fair, this is the third time I've watched this. It's the third time I've watched this. It's nice. awesome. There's not much more to say than we've said before. It's fucking mint. And I'm, um, yeah, very much looking forward to Endgame. Uh, I, re- I re-watched it with Charlie as well, uh, following the, the Avengers uh, trailer. Oh, uh, After that came out. So, I, yeah, that was that was awesome to, to watch it with him. Spider-Man getting dusted. He, he dealt with it way better than I thought he was going to be. There was a moment where, so the, the main thing for him was he was fucking furious with Doctor Strange. Like, yeah. he was... He was genuinely angry. He was like, why would you give him that stone? Like, because he, he was just like, there's only two stones. Like, why would you give him that? He, he was furious with him. Uh, so I don't think Charlie's going to want to see a Doctor Strange movie anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and then there was the moment um, where where Groot died. Yeah. And where where Rocket sort of looks on at him and goes, no, no, sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. Charlie Charlie's eyes just went massive and he turned around to me and I was like, oh, fuck. Like when Spider Man goes, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. Um, but actually, after a couple of people had gone, it sort of turned into a game to him, and he was a bit like, "He's gone, and now he's going to go. That's <laughs> one's gone, and something." And I think he sort of understood that. They'll probably you know, be in comic book movies, people don't die because we watched um, we watched the death of Superman recently as well. Yeah. And so I think he understands that superheroes don't necessarily die. Which is flexible, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So he dealt with it quite well, actually. It was quite so One thing that annoys me every time I watch Infinity War, and I'm, I think I mentioned it last time we reviewed it as well, is the bit at the beginning where the... Um, God, I can't remember Doctor Strange's... Favourite Strange. Friends name. Benedict Wong. Benedict Wong. Yeah. Does like a swirly portal thing and then yeah. closes it and it chops off the guy's arm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just fucking do that. You've got the gauntlet. You just run away with it. Do that all the time. Yeah. You just do that all the time. Chop everyone's arms off. Yeah. And the the, the thing with Quill where he gets all pissed off about Gamora and then it ruins the plan. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, it, it would be brilliant if at the end of Endgame it is Benedict Wong realising, hang on a second, I can just do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that is it. Like, Benedict Wong is the hero of Endgame. <laughs> It, it, it should happen. Um, I rewatched. Um, I took Isabel to um, get her um, 
eyelash infills redone and loads of other bits that she was getting done. What? You, oh, yeah, I, to- I totally know what that means. Uh, I, 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 Our 14-year-old's a basic bitch. That's all you yeah. need to know. So eyelash refills. Yeah, so you can get fake eyelashes where it's, it's a strip of eyelashes you can stick them on, or you can get fake eyelashes where it's a... Extensions. It's, extensions, it's a pad that you put on, and then you slide extensions onto that, and you the have to have the extensions be done every three weeks. What's a basic bitch? Our 14-year-old daughter. Yeah. What does that, that mean? It means that she's it means very she basic. She is the, the most basic 14 year old white girl stereotype she could possibly be. She is a black is leggings, that... vans, skinny latte motherfucker, isn't she? She fucking loves Starbucks. She loves Starbucks. Is that a positive? Is that a good thing? Is that something I that people aspire to be? Awful. I like Starbucks. No, 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 no. I mean, is it a good thing for her? Is that something that she would describe herself as? Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably but, not. Probably not. We, we, I, I don't know. She's still awake, isn't she? Yeah. Go ask her. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, that might offend her. her. Um, oh, fuck that. No, we don't mind offending her. Um, I rewatched. So while she's doing that, I, I sat in the car outside and on my iPad, I watched A Million Ways to Die in the West again. Sorry. Right. How was this? <laughs> um, I like this movie more and more each time I watch it. Of course There's I do. some fucking great comedy in this. I, it's, there's still a... a, there's a there's an incredibly throwaway joke in this movie where um, Seth MacFarlane's character comes in, uh, Albert Stark comes into it, it, the, his, his home where he's, his dad and his mum are and he walks in and his dad goes, you're late. And he goes, for what? And his dad's response is, fair point. That, for some reason... Yeah, I'd like that. It's a magnificent joke yeah, for that. Any moment with his dad in it, it, it is great. But yeah, it, it's it's a movie that the more and more I watch it, the better and better it gets to I, me. I forgot to talk about something. What? Bad Santa 2. Oh, go on. Just because that reminded me of something. Bad Santa 2 is the fucking worst. It's horrible. Billy Bob Thornton actually looks like he was just drunk throughout, like method acting like a motherfucker. It, it, that wouldn't surprise me from, from Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, but there is a line. The kid, the fat kid in the first one is back in this one, played by the same actor. <laughs> and there is a line where he says something like, I ate a load of turkey bacon raw. I couldn't poop for four weeks, no, for two weeks, and then it cuts from a master shot to him close up, and then for four weeks. And that made me laugh like a drain. (laughs) And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, you you don't know why you're laughing, but it sets you off. Yeah, well, A Million Ways Die the West is, it's a a fun watch, it's a really fun watch, and I, I, yeah, I, I've seen it about four times now, and every time it just gets it just gets a little more entertained every time. Uh, what else you watch? Bex, go on, you go next. Okay, so before I go on this, apparently basic bitch, if used correctly, is not an offensive term. It's just when people mm-hmm. use it incorrectly, which is just, like, super offensive. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not like really a bad thing, being a stereotypical white girl, because, like, why would that be a bad thing? Um, mm-hmm. You know, just because, like... Why was that not racist? Just because, like, we conform to, like, the fashions of the time, 
doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Okay. Okay. Can you, <laughs> please, no. please don't end your sentences like that. You're doing that on purpose, aren't you? <laughs> She's being a basic bitch, I think. <laughs> if I've read this properly, and if my understanding of, of basic bitch is clear at this point, and it's a lot clearer, I think that's what she's doing. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It, it's uh, a new one. That, 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 that's, that's unfair. Because no. all kids that conform to, conform to certain sort of stereotypes, like when we were younger, were called chaps. All girls that come nah, from I, 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 I do think it's a few levels above chaff. I think you're wrong. No, what I'm saying is, like, it's it's one of those kind of blanket terms that's used for blonde kids of a certain age that drink Starbucks and wear leggings. And well, for the for, for the layman, the way the way I will need to understand this is this is how it will work for me. How what? What is a basic bitch's favourite musical artist? It depends. It depends. Is it Tay Tay? There at the time, at the moment, it seems to be like grime. Yeah, there's a lot of grime. Will it be Cardi B? No. Will it be Cardi A? Wouldn't they say Cardi A, B, or C? Although Isabel's been like listening to a lot of dirty computer recently. What the fuck? I don't know what dirty computer is. Janelle Monet. Oh yeah, like uh-huh. Janelle Monet, she'll fuck her mango. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Janelle Monet fan. Is that because of her links to Tessa Thompson? No, it's because that. Oh, song, uh, what are these mango that, fucking that links? That song she did. Uh, which one was it? The, the, the way you make me feel. Yeah, that she sounds the so. The way you fuck. make me feel. Wait, wait, when she says "fuck," you in really it, it sounds so forced. And Ian is doing the way it feels by Mike Tyson, which my incidentally feet. was my first seven-inch single I ever bought. What on my own? Yeah. Anyway, I feel I feel we may be drifting into territory we're not best equipped to to to, to discuss. So, what have you been watching this week? Well, let's watch the key. Okay, so we watched Home Alone. Yep. Guys, right here we go. This blew my fucking mind about Home Alone. Right, you're not going to tell me Home Alone's problematic now, are you, Mark? No, it's not. It's not okay. at all. It's 28 years old. Fuck off, you cunt. It's 28 years old, right? Oh, God. So, so, right, if you take when Home Alone was released, right? When Home Alone was released, whatever happened to Baby Jane was 28 oh, years old. It, that is insane. I saw this oh, in cinema. Fuck you know. It's 28 years old. The thing is, right, Die Hard is 30, and Die Hard is so much older in my mind than Home Alone is, and it's not. It's not. It's three yeah. years. So, yeah, we watched, we watched Home Alone. Home Jesus great fucking movie. wept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's not really... That was all yeah. Sorry, what year did it come out? 1990. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. So Home Alone is two years older than Cardi B. Yeah. Yeah. Home Alone. You've been listening to a lot of Cardi B recently now. No, I'm just curious about what the fuck <laughs> a Cardi B is. He likes car- he likes cardigan puns. <laughs> I, um, I uh rewatched Hot Fuzz um after a conversation with you guys. Yes. Sorry everyone. Um because oh. I, I said it was it was the Edgar Wright movie that I really couldn't get on with. Yeah, you didn't like Hot Fuzz. I, I, I hated Hot Fuzz. You still don't like Hot Fuzz. I, what I will say now is I really, really, really like 
the first 90 minutes of Hot Fuzz. And then it goes on for another 45 minutes. I really like the first 90 minutes of Hot Fuzz. It is five out of five fucking great comedy for the first 90 minutes. And then it it, it just keeps fucking going. I think you could say the same thing about The World's End as well. Going. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, oh, going, oh, going, and mm. going, and then just when you think it's gone, it scores a little bit fucking more. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's really entertaining <laughs> for the first ninety minutes, and then yeah, it it, it it goes off a fucking cliff. What else to watch, Bex? Last one. You, you do it because I've no, got you, Harry you, Potter to talk about. You do Harry Potter now, because nobody's shit about fucking shit. Oh, everyone loves Harry Potter. Mm. To me and Isabel have a Christmas tradition whereby we watch all of the Harry Potter films prior to Christmas except for the last two because she fucking hates them for some reason. Yeah, she does. I really, really fucking hate them. Wow, the last two? The last two. Those are my favourite ones. They're part bl- one, uh, Deadly Hallows part one is fucking one. wank. No, that's my that's my favourite one. No, yeah, yeah, it's Mike's fucking favourite one as well. Like, it's, I remember I remember us discussing it on 35mm Heroes and I remember having this discussion and I remember you and Jordan, I think, uh, hated part one because it was too slow and it goes nope. whole section in the... No, I'm pretty sure Jordan like, liked it. I, I love that, but I'd, I'd, just spending more time with those characters, dealing with the fact that all this shit's happening, that is the moment during the Harry Potter universe where I was like, right, all of this makes sense now. No, nope. All this weight has been put on these kids' shoulders. You know, it's uh, the the, the Hallows part one is actually probably the only Harry Potter movie that I would rewatch. That's brilliant. You're fucking mental. It's not Azkaban's not good. People just think it's good. It's actually boring. Azkaban's not boring. You're a fucking. I like Azkaban. You're a poopy head. (laughs) (laughs) Quite likely. (laughs) So yeah, so we're up to about halfway through Goblet of Fire. Which one's that? That's the one with the Triwizard Cup. Yeah, like what number? Um, 15? Four. Four? Four. Yeah. Is, it one of, is it one of the orange ones, one of the blue ones, or one of the brown ones? It's, what, it's more orange than blue or brown, I would have uh, said. Oh, no, 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 hang on. What? No, hang on, no, no. I think they sort of go orange, blue, brown, I think. Yeah, they do blue, brown. It's, it, yeah. it's, it's late yeah. blue, I think. Yeah, I think late blue, a late blue sounds good to me. That's yeah. how I judge Harry Potter films. If I go, yeah. so it's, all right, so is it early blue and it was directed by somebody who I think is pretty good, or is it, or is it when that guy came in and then did the rest, which is sort of late blue brown period? Yeah, yeah. My gauge for the Harry Potter films is it's the blue brown. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll don't use so anyway, Noel. That uh, 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 Becky, that was a perfectly good color scheme arrangement of Harry Potter films, and I think you should apologize. I, to I feel like I'm derailing. I'm derailing somebody else's love for a, for a, for a solid franchise. I, I, I feel you just in Noel's <laughs> apologize. No, I, yeah, I completely appreciate you. Find it's just really hard to talk. Um, Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. So yeah, we've got up to uh, about halfway through. Um, Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. I think after that we've got maybe two more to watch before. Is no one more to watch. It's Half Blood Prince after, isn't it? And then Isabel will just decide she doesn't want to watch the rest of them. So then I watch them between Christmas and New Year. Um, that that for for not 
anywhere related to Christmas movies. They're very Christmassy. And obviously, I think a lot of the magic kind of element plays into that. And, um, yeah, I think I, I keep expecting to, like, have a year where I go, do you know what, these are that great. And I never do. So I'm, I'm quite quite happy with that. And you've been doing this for, like, about six, seven years now. Yeah, you? yeah. Um, without without getting too deeply into it, because it's a whole fucking other thing. And, and actually, the, the discussion around it has annoyed me a little bit recently but oh. i like that i like that because that for you this this set of films for you are christmas films because you watch them at christmas yeah. so that's that's your per for you your personal these are christmas films i remember growing up with certain films like i remember star wars being on tv so star wars sort of felt christmasy and i'd get star wars toys at christmas but by the Twitter definition and the fucking online yelling definition, of course, Star Wars and Harry Potter aren't Christmas films. But I think what we need to recognise is that for some people, certain films are just Christmas films because that's when they like to watch them. Christmas films are films you watch at Christmas that make you feel Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let people fucking live. Exactly. Thank you, yes. Technically... Uh, if you're going to base it around any film that is set at Christmas, is there for a Christmas movie? First Blood is a Christmas movie because it is set at Christmas. Fantastic. Yeah, yep. it but it's not a Christmas movie. But going to a movie that definitely is a Christmas movie. Definitely is a Christmas Without movie. Without question, is a Christmas movie. No question on this one. Not a question. Yeah. It opens with a fucking Christmas fucking song. <laughs> uh, is the Richard Donner movie uh, written by Shane Black that stars Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, the it's Gary Busey. Uh, Tom Atkins uh, it is Lethal Weapon um, while everyone is constantly fucking crowing about Die Hard and I love Die Hard Die Hard's a fucking great movie right say say Die Hard again was that a one word thing <laughs> Die Hard Die Hard okay Die Hard yeah alright like you've been Danny Die Hard yep okay. um, Die Hard Die <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Lethal Weapon. Oh, he's not happy. <laughs> oh, he's fucking happy. Um, no, 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 that's got you. Oh, shit. Enunciate your words, bitch. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Lethal Weapon. I I adore Lethal Weapon. What are your opinions on Dyad? <laughs> oh, fuck you. Don't put me on the nose. It's oh, shit, he's... Wow, this is like the most angry I've ever heard Mark about anything. <laughs> uh, the Babadook. <laughs> um, by the way, while you talk about Lethal Weapon, I'm literally going to take a shit like while listening, so just enjoy it. Can, can you remember to mute us? <laughs> well, that depends. <laughs> what on the review? Um, Toilet seat is up. Lethal Weapon, I... Oh. It, it doesn't get well. Yeah, the the seat is up, so I can. Oh no, sorry. The the, the like the what's the the top? Do you need us to talk you through this? You... No, no. What's the top of the toilet called? Lid. Lid. All right. Okay. There you go. There's the lid. Lid up, seat down. Sorry. Right. Lid. Okay. Here we go. Jesus I don't want to hear you straining in. <laughs> Mark, can you please talk about lethal weapon? <laughs> you need to talk about lethal weapon right now, Mark. Lethal Weapon is, is very much a Christmas movie in the fact that it opens with a Christmas song. It is set at Christmas. 
Um, it is it is a Christmas movie. Um, often remembered for the fact that it's it's the the film where Danny Glover constantly says, "I am too old for this shit," despite the fact that he's only fifty years old in it. Um, but it also has. I, I know people will question Mel Gibson because of his innate Mel Gibsonness. So he's a questionable character. But can we park that for a just a just a few minutes? And just talk about how fucking charismatic he is in this movie and how gloriously fantastic he is in this movie. Um, he's it's it's he's a tragic character for a start off. Um, yeah, you know, he's contemplating suicide, he's coping with the the loss of his wife, which isn't recent, it's been three years, so he's still going through that. He very much accepts the fact that he's being um, shooting around the police force because they think that he's he's suicidal, or they think that he's faking suicide to claim a pension. He isn't sure that he's. Did crazy you just or... say he's faking suicide to claim a pension? I don't suicide think he can pension. claim suicide. Fake suicide. That's how it's put. He's faking suicidal tendencies. Right. Uh, uh, tendencies is a different thing. All ah, right. Fair enough. I apologize. All right. Chill, chill out, pension correspondent over there. <laughs> Finish your shit. <laughs> I'm wiping now. Um, oh, Ian. Yeah, it, it contains some of my favourite Gibson moments. The the, the the shooting scene where they're uh, in the shooting range. I, I, I for some reason I just it, it just ranks as as what it's one. Of, it genuinely is one of my favourite cinematic moments. When we were watching this, you paused it and went, "Shut up!" And I was like, "I won't say anything." This is the best cinematic moment that you'll see like this week. And I was like, all right, but That's I genuinely not exactly what I, said. I think I said I, I paused it, went, shut up. This is one of the best scenes in cinema, and then replayed it. But I wasn't saying anything. We were sat in the dark, the dog was on his bed, the cat was on my knee, no one was doing anything. But you just had to like get it out there. Don't talk for like the Everyone was asleep. Because otherwise you woke everybody up to tell this <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> I went across the road, knocked the door, there's the I went. Shut the fuck up! And then I walk back across. Uh, yeah, I love that. The, the, the hello nine 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 emergency. Yes, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> no ambulances. No police force for three minutes. Well, you live really close to a post office, mate. You should have gone and told them as well. I did. I sit down and remember. Did you? Yeah. Go driving past in the next few minutes, bitches. Yeah. People come wait. There's also a moment where um, Gibson is tied to Paul shirtless. Quite nice, um, he's tied to pull shirtless and been electrocuted and I'm looking at it going I'm not even ashamed or aroused by this he's a fucking handsome and well toned man he is and it's quite problematic that because like Mel Gibson as a figure is not so much now because people seem to have forgiven him but he has been problematic for his, his comments that he's made which he has since apologised for uh, and, uh, and, and he was under the influence of alcoholism yeah but like he went what like all these Cliff people, Richard. all the, yeah, but Cliff Richard's been cleared. I'm just saying he isn't. You asked me for somebody who wasn't. And I he's say Cliff really Richard. fucking creepy though. Like, if well, there you go. Put, he's creepy. If you want to put Mel Gibson, I don't. Shut I, up a second. If I don't put, think we'd be we'd be saying Cliff Richard was great if he was tied to a pole. Do you well, really? Well, look, 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 like, look to, to speak, especially to when give, you're in me. If you're going to line up, like, say, Noel Edmonds, Cliff Richard and Mel Gibson and go, right, who's the creepy fucker in this one that's going to call some call someone sugar tits? There's no way you'd pick Mel Gibson. I, I still think Sugar Tits is a great. 
there, there is various other comments that he's made, there? That are not as great. Are, but not sugar great. tits is a good one. Sugar tits is good. We use sugar tits quite a lot. Wet back, not so much. Problematic. Yeah, problematic. Nick, as, outside of, outside of that one incident as well, there is the whole sort of uh, you know the phone stuff against his ex-wife as well. He's He's not a million miles away from Johnny Depp in that regard, but... He's, he, he, he's, he's not a nice guy. He's no, not he's, a good guy, no. not, but very good in Lethal Weapon. He's good in films. <laughs> he is very good in And have you seen Ransom? He's very good in Ransom. <laughs> yeah, but then you can't be all like, oh, you have to separate the art from the artist about Mel Gibson and then not do it for other people. You have to have. You have to do that. You have to oh, have come on. He, he, he didn't fucking arse rape a fucking... Six, fourteen year old like Polanski. I'm not talking about Roman Polanski, but I'm dying. All right, um, is that, just, just is that is that slander? Nope, it's not. That has literally happened. Uh, okay, was that that, that was actually proven yeah, in court? That he arse raped a thirteen year old. That happened. We are not slanderous on that one. Wait, uh, okay. He's underage, and it's it's also. Um, he's admitted to giving a drugs and stuff. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He's okay. All right, he's, I just wanted to make sure that. He's you know, a bad one. Out, out, out of the 70 people a week who listen, one of them isn't particularly affiliated with Roman Polanski. Vin Diesel does not know Roman Polanski. He will not tell him Vin is on our side. No, Vin is on our side. I understand Vin Diesel is on our side. But, um, yeah, I've just been handed a glass of Prosecco. What a treat. Thank you, Don. Um, yeah. um, I, I, do, I, I would like to know, I wonder what Vin's... Thoughts are on milk because I, I, I base my entire judgment on people on what Ben Diesel thinks. All right. Yes, it's why I'm starting to acknowledge Ruby Rose. Uh, he think he thinks he's family. Everybody's family to Yeah, at least oh. oh, guys, did you know Triple X Four starts filming next year? <laughs> of course, it fucking does. I wouldn't have known it. I'm very. Is it set in Australia? Uh, it's it's set in my fucking dreams, guys. I like <laughs> whatever fucking happens. I can't believe we're getting a triple X four. I, I I love that we're getting a triple X four. Um, God, did that come out this year? No, it didn't, did it? No, no. Uh, no, hang on. I think it was. Oh, uh, what triple X three? No. Another thing about about that I, that I love about early phone. There's no fucking way that Triple X came out this year. It was, I, it, it, I don't well, even last think year. it was last year. Last year it was. It was last year because it was in. Ian was in your top ten of last year. Oh, it was in my top ten last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It was like yeah. number six or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, it was. I fucking love Triple X. Well, the last thing I'll say that I, I adore about uh, Lethal Weapon, uh, Darlene Love, uh, who sings my favourite Christmas song, is is. Um, Teddy Lover's wife in it. Uh, oh, do you know what? That might be the film that's playing, uh, the, the song that's playing at the end of the show. Is it? <laughs> that, that, that genuinely is my favourite Christmas song. I I very much agree. Which one's that, sorry? Pardon? Which one is? It's uh, Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love, which actually uh, opens yeah. Gremlins. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's I one actually... of the most Christmassy songs, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in a very Murray Christmas, which needs to be watched over the next few days. As well, it was uh, it was produced by Phil Spector, who killed his girlfriend. Brilliant. Nice. Yep. A little dampener on on the conversation mm. there. 
Separate yeah. the art from the artist, Mark. A, 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 a friend of mine uh, actually worked with um, Phil Spector. Uh, what, hiding the body? No, uh, <laughs> musically. <laughs> Shit, that was a bit rough, sorry. <laughs> musically. Um, and, musically uh, just hummed while he was hiding the body. <laughs> and, 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 and when, he went, when they went to meet him at his house, they expected it to be like this plush, like, palatial like, place, which it was. And they met him for lunch at his oh, house. Gosh, and they expected it to be like this really, like, extravagant lunch. And literally, he brought out like a plate of like packeted sandwiches, just emptied onto a fucking plate. That's depressing, isn't it? And it was really, really fucking odd. Um, and he, he said that they, they didn't. That Phil Spector had no idea who the band were, like at all, um, and kept calling him um, Mr. Star. Mm. All the way through the, the when they were talking, rather than call him James. Wow, James Walsh. Um, I just need to say, a very Merry Christmas is fifty-six minutes long, and I don't think any of you have seen it yet. No, I, 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 I will be watching it. Yeah, so that was, but that literally that happened about a year before he was sent to prison. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what's everyone's favourite Christmas film? Outright oh, Christmas. Shit. Movie. Fucking hell. Um, Christmas movie. What's what, that? Class. Uh, it's one of the Yeah. Ian? Die Hard. He loves that. Fair. That's a good point. What's yours, what's yours now? Uh, it's vacation without question. You see, Vacation is my second. It's, good. it's, one, of, it's one of life my first. All right, what's everyone's favourite Christmas song? Mine's... No one's going to fucking ask me then. Oh, you said it's one of life. I didn't. You did? I didn't. What's your favourite Christmas movie? It's one of life. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, ah. Favourite Christmas song then? Christmas I, I, Christmas I, I, I think the Darlene Love Banger is yeah. um, that's pretty up there, buddy. So, so me, me, me and Ian are in symmetry. What's, what's yours now? Uh, one of my favourites, if I'm being a smart ass, is is 500 Miles by the Pretenders. I just love that song. But as an, out, as an out and out Christmas song, it doesn't. Christmas for me, Christmas is summed up by a couple of things. One of those things is Christmas Vacation. The other one is Merry Christmas Everybody by Slade. It's just it's the definitive song. It just was, is the definitive song. What was Although I do there? prefer the ver- I do prefer the version which is. Just the lyric, are you hanging up your stocking on the wall over and over again? Yeah. For three minutes. Well, two, things, two things on that. One, um, the uh, pretenders, uh, we have a, I have a 30-hour playlist of Christmas songs that I put on at work mm-hmm. um, from like the middle of November until Christmas. I bet your kids hate your um, Christmas playlist. And fuck them. <laughs> um, and the first song that I put on every day to start and then I put on a shuffle is the, the pretenders. <laughs> Secondly, I actually played the um, Are You Hanging version of what is it, to um, Lucy at work the other day because I explained it to her and she was going, that doesn't sound funny at all. So I showed her the video of it and she went from literally going, that that doesn't sound funny at all, to watching like 30 seconds of it and going, I need to go in the back, that's too funny. Not it seems, it seems to really... Okay. <laughs> Right. It seems to really divide people on whether or not it's funny. Like Claire just looks at me like you're 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 mental. Why do you think this is funny? 
But then when I told her dad about it, he was like, oh my God, you've got to send me that. That sounds like a picture. That sounds like the funniest thing ever. Before he'd even heard it. So yeah, it seems to divide people that up. What, what's your favourite Chris subjects? I hate to say it. And I think it comes from the fact that I don't really like Christmas music in general. And I, I really fucking don't like Leona Lewis. But that Leona Lewis Christmas song is the one that always makes me feel like really super Christmassy. That a gingerbread. It is. What is that? Um, what's it called? I can't remember. Um, um, isn't it like five more? Five, five more, more sleeps or something. One more sleep. That's it. Oh shit! Yeah, it, it, fair play. That more, is very good. It's a it, 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 it's Mariah Carey levels of bangers. Is, yeah. What I will say is. Right, so a few years ago, well, uh, uh, many years ago, um, I went to Sheffield to watch a band. Oh, yeah, I recognise I that. went to yeah. watch a, a, a band. I'm sure you were there um, uh, in Sheffield at, at Christmas. And we went into, a, it was at the Consortium, I think it's called. In Sheffield, and across the road from it is a, is a pub. We went for a drink in the pub, and their jukebox for a pound, you got ten fucking songs, <laughs> right? It's good. And I remember going, sitting there, having a drink, and the barman had been a bit shitty with us. So before we left, I stuck in two pounds into the jukebox uh, and put on um, Mariah Carey's Christmas song. 20 times and then fucking left. Right, the song as in All I Want. All I Want Christmas is You. I put that on 20 times and then when we came, you weren't there actually, yeah, no, well, you weren't you there. You were at Macca. Was it, it was when you me went and to see Spirit Destiny? You were at Destiny, yeah. And then we went to see Spirit Destiny, went in and came back across the pub after the, the, the venue had closed, walked in and he pointed at me and went, You can fuck off. <laughs> fucking Mariah Carey 20 times, to which I apologised for. But then had a couple of drinks, and then before I left the game, did it a fucking game. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I, I, I do think there's a, there's a picture of me behind that bar that says this cunt isn't allowed in. So anyway, yeah, Leona Lewis one mostly. Yep. Nice. Um, we're not doing questions, um, but that's that. This, that, that that's this is like the longest show in a long time. Yeah, it, that that that's that's pretty much going to be closing our show for this uh, week. We've got one more show before uh, the end of the year, I think. Have we? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll record between Christmas and New Year, eh? And uh, not the next show, the show after. Yeah. The only one that I've got locked in is number one. <coughs> You've got number one locked, locked, haven't locked, you? Locked, locked the fucking. It's been locked. locked the fucking since the trailer came out. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course it fucking is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it always locked. Uh, my, I think mine one is pretty much fucking locked as well. And I, I think Noel will actually be joining us this year for our fucking end of year review show. He's the one will be the same as John number one there. We will hope. I, I, but that's the thing. I, I don't know. You mentioned this on the show. I don't know that I have seen that many films this year, to be honest. No. No. You're joining us. <laughs> okay. Top five. We're going to hug. Well, 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 we'll fucking... As long as it's... What we'll do, right? We'll each... Like from Mark and Becky's side and from my side, we'll give Noel a fifteen pound iTunes gift card each, <laughs> and just say, "Right, you got to watch these films." Yes, I will. If you give me, if you get, if you let me know what's on your list, I will marathon a bunch of shit. 
because yeah. I've got some free time. So I, I would, uh, and, and as well, we don't mind being the last podcast out there to do the end of year list. I think we did one like the fifteenth of January. One. <laughs> no, it's, it, we, we we always do it mid January. We always do it mid January. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so what are we covering next week, Ian? Um, the erotically charged uh, adventures of Emily Blunt. Um, and Robert. right, okay. Uh, little discussion. When Go could on. you guys get to Holmes and Watson? Yes. No, I'm not watching that shit. I will get to Holmes and Watson. All right, I'm thinking if we maybe record. That's out Boxing Day. If yeah, we'll record after Boxing Day. If Mark and I review uh, uh, Holmes and Watson, and we'll all review the erotically charged adventures of Emily Blunt. And we'll also review Rome. Oh, and Roma. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not um, watching Holmes and Watson on principle. I am because it looks fucking brilliant. Yeah, you fucking loved that ever since the first trailer came out, <laughs> haven't you? Fair play. <laughs> I think I think Ian, have you watched It's a Wonderful Life yet this year? Would you like uh, to ruin? No, not yet. Not uh, Donna's never seen it before or <laughs> Die Hard. Like Donna has never seen Die Hard or It's a Wonderful Life, and That's she a is she's straight up saying she is not working for a week and a half from tomorrow. So on the show, Ian. Sorry. Do you reckon she'd come on the show? Not a fucking chance. No, really? She will not. Okay. Um, it, it, so we will come up. Yeah, uh, I, we will also. Um, if you would like to, not because uh, I won't let her, because she wouldn't. I, I just want to make that clear. Like she doesn't want. <laughs> Ian's like no, bitch. You're not coming on the show. I, 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 um, I'll ask her. Be... I'm happy. I'm happy to ask her. Just I don't think she will. <laughs> we'll also be chatting the uh, the Springsteen Broadway. Show. Oh shit. Fuck, I need to get drunk and watch that at some point in the weekend and have a little cry to myself. Oh, yes. I, I'm, I've not watched it yet because I, I want to watch it on the, <laughs> I want to watch in the it right on frame of mind. Yeah, fucking right. You watch the trailer for it. Yeah, I cry a little is, bit. It, isn't it some sort of like, isn't it like some sort of like performance piece based on his autobiography? Yeah, his autobiography is fantastic. Oh, shit. It's going to be amazing. If you feel audible, get it. I, I do. I have it. We'll get it because it's him reading it. I know. I've listened, I've listened to it. Well, get it again and listen to it again. What, what the fuck? It's like seventeen hours long. <laughs> Ian, phone somebody up in your phone and get them to listen to it. Then, Ian. for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jesus right. fucking. Christ. I tell you what. I'll leave the Skype recording on for the next seventeen hours, and you can just pirate it. <laughs> right. Fucking. All right. Like just. All right. Fucking hell, where's my Audible app? Bring it up on your phone, just play it. We're all going to sit here and listen to it now. Right, okay, that's fine. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it up now. This podcast. Christmas is cancelled. This is what we're doing now. We're it's not cancelled. This is Christmas. Right, <laughs> fucking cued. Cued? What's the, what the fuck's this shit? Don't download Ian, that. Ian, what? are you opening your Audible app? Yes. Right, give Jesus. me two seconds. Literally the best advert for Audible on any podcast by a podcast which is the only podcast that doesn't advertise Audible. Uh, Ian, pause. Yeah. Right? Just go through what's on your Audible app and we'll compare Audible apps. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. All right. Okay. Hang on. 
Ian probably does have like a fan red thing that's the erotic adventures of Emily Blunt. No, I don't. I can promise you that. Um, what you got? Uh, all right, so this is shared with Donna, mind. All right. Yeah, excuse me, early. Yeah, of course it is. All right. If Chins <laughs> Could Kill by Bruce Campbell. Uh, that's Ian's, yeah. Diane, the Twin Peaks tapes of dot, 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 narrated by Carl McLaughlin. Nice. Uh, big big magic created li- creative living beyond dot 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 uh claire's read that that's one of donna's yeah duct tape marketing donna's yeah the secret history of twin peaks nice Ian's. um artemis by andy weir the, the guy who wrote the martian Ian's. yeah what happened by hillary rodham clinton Ian's. Yeah. Elon Musk by Ashley Vance. Ian. Fucking hell, that's Ian's. Yeah. You are a badass at making money. Well, it's Ian. definitely not you, Ian. Donners. Yeah. Uh, it's quite embarrassing, this. How to win friends and influence people. Ian's. I've actually, I've actually straight up learnt some shit through that. Um... Like, you know, in the end of the day, people don't want to do wrong. People always go to work not thinking they're actually actively going to do wrong. I found that interesting. Um, Crushing it, how great enterprises dot, dot, dot. Well, what do we think? Donners. Yeah. Yeah, Donners. Um, the fifth risk undoing democracy in America. <laughs> Yours. Yeah. Steve Jobs, the exclusive biography. Yours. The Cohen brothers. Donners. <laughs> no. And finally, parenting your strong willed child. <laughs> Yours. Actually, no. All right, there you go. That was a pretty good mix. Right, I'll go through mine then. Uh, they're all mine, is what I would say on this one, aren't they? Oh, for fuck's sake. That's a bit of a spoiler, wasn't it? Uh, aren't they? Yeah, um, I do audiobook. I like to read like a human person. Right, so here's mine. Still Fooling Them by Billy Crystal. Donna's. <laughs> oh, sorry, I misunderstood. Sorry. <laughs> Nevertheless, a memoir of Alec Baldwin. Angels nice. and Demons by Dan Brown. <laughs> I would have skipped that one if that I just was made you, me fucking, That just made me fucking spit my Prosecco back out. That's incredible. Uh, Are you drinking Prosecco? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Kermode on film. Nice. The Good, the Bad and the Multiplex by Mark Kermode. Mm-hmm. Clop, Bring the Noise by Raphael Honigstein. Oh, I love Raphael Honigstein. Good choice. Um, Cold Black Mornings by Brett Anderson. Nice. Nice. Uh, Twin Peaks, The Final Dossier by Mark Frost. Mm. Who reads the Brett Anderson one? Brett Anderson. Does it? Oh, sweet. It's worth a listen, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Um, The Great Gatsby, uh, narrated by Jake Gyllenhaal. Last week tonight, the John Oliver film, um, The Tales of Martin Brundle. Okay. Um, the Secret History of Twin Peaks by Mark Frost. 
Down and Dirty Pictures by Peter Biskind. Nice. Who's that narrated uh, by? Uh, Is it no just some jobber? Yeah, okay. Jobber, yeah. Um, Diane Twin Peaks Tates by uh, Claire McLaughlin. Nice. Uh, the Road Beneath My Feet by Frank Turner. Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, the Dead Zone by Stephen King, narrated by James Franco. Yeah, infecting you. Wow. Uh, the Football Ramble. Not so much. Uh, the Bazaar of Bad Dreams, narrated by, by Stephen King, narrated by... Oh, I, I've listened to that, yeah. yeah uh, Blade Runner. Um, this is a weird one. The Body Book, narrated by Cameron Diaz. Yeah, that, that is a bit weird one there. <laughs> Um, Bruce Springsteen uh, uh, some kind of biopic thing um, De Niro A Life in Pictures uh, My Sporting Life with Bruce Grobelart Nice <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the Dark Tower The Gunslinger uh, American Psycho Brett Easton Ellis my favourite book of all time nice. uh, My Story by Steven Gerrard Total Recall, My Unbreathable of True Life by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who fucking narrates that? Not Arnold Schwarzenegger is part, part of it, but not all of it. Fuck. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, um, but enough about me by Burt Reynolds, narrated by Burt fucking Reynolds. Oh, shit. It's fucking magnificent. The Girl of Tom Gordon, uh, narrated by uh, Anne Hesch. Um, you're only as good as your next one. Um, Silver Screen Fiend uh, by Patton Oswald. Choreography. The motherfucking choreography. Yeah. By Corey I, was, I was waiting for the that, to be fair. The greatest audio book of all time. <laughs> it's only a movie by Mark Commode. <laughs> uh, the Collectors by Philip Pullman, narrated by Bill Nye. Um, Hatchet Job by Mark Commode. And Fear and Loathing in La Liga. Uh, narrated by Sid Lowe, which is mostly about the Franco regime in Spain and how it affected the Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, rivalry. Excellent. Mm. That is my awesome library. You're going to get that fucking War of the Worlds one for me, right? I will get the War of the Worlds one for you, then. Um, yeah, so that is episode 283, a extended a bizarre episode. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we thank you, Rich, for listening. Uh, we've done what three hours? Um, I've got two hours fifty-one on here. Yeah, uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got two hours fifty-one of recording. Uh, we've been chatting for three so hours. Does that feel like that long for me? No, it doesn't. Um, oh no, I wonder why. Um, so yeah, thank you, Rich, for listening. Um, we, we wish you a merry Christmas, don't we? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, merry Christmas, merry Christmas all. Uh, and we will speak to you in between the uh, Christmas and the New Year. Thank you, Rich, for listening, guys. Um, ah. Noel Miller, at Bexy Foz, at Ian Loring, at Doom Foz, at Phil Bastards, Phil Bastards on Instagram, catches everywhere else, uh, and we shall speak to you soon. Everybody, watch a very Merry Christmas.